Hey friends, welcome to episode 24 of Redeem Podcast, brought to you by Vision by Dreamers. On today's show, we got to sit down with our friend, Pastor Demetrius Simonian of Calvary Chapel, Northtown. Demetrius began pastoring in January 2020 and gives insight regarding the preparation of a believer and shares some of his personal testimony. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Facebook. Check this out. Super cool. Why don't you kick this one off, bro? I got it. You got it. You got, I, I'll do it. Do it. Yeah. Dear God, I thank you so much for this opportunity. And I thank you for the work that you've been doing in the body of believers. And how more recently, Lord, you've opened up doors for us to fellowship in, in this particular way. And I thank you for it. And I also, Lord, want to thank you so much for the way you represent um, your diversity as you work through different vessels, Lord, and the uniqueness that um, so many different faces that come through here. And it's just really is a privilege to get to sit down and talk with old friends and ask that you be in the center of our conversation and that you bless this time we have. And I thank you so much for everything you've done. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome. Redeem Podcast. What's up, Demetrius? How are you, bro? What's up? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm glad to be here with you guys. It is. I'm excited about today, dude. Uh, Just based uh, on that intro. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to have some good conversations. I'm hoping. Either that or we spent it all before we (laughs) (laughs) We can We can recap again. Oh, man. The last time I ran into you was at a Starbucks. Mm. And I had just started doing a Bible study in my backyard on Friday nights. And you were doing the same thing online. And then I've seen you kind of doing a lot more lately <laughs> and teaching the word. You want to kind of pick me up to speed on how you've been, bro? Man, and that's that's part of uh, the, the challenge for me right now is just the balance. Because mm. so much seems to be happening so quickly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's the Lord. Mm. But, but uh, yeah, I saw you at Starbucks mm-hmm. and uh, you told me that you started a Bible study. Mm-hmm. And I had started, you know, through the years doing Bible studies at the park, uh, at Starbucks, uh, on my rooftop at my parents' house. Mm. Dude, that sounds dope. Yeah, yeah. And um, then I started doing the, uh, I just started reading through the Bible on Facebook and Instagram. I, I saw that, yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I brought Peter on. I think you, you know, you yeah, popped on once. Yeah, I did. And uh, there's Mikey right there, man. I love that guy. <laughs> And so I did that for about two years. I would just read through, you know, one chapter of John or something. And, uh, and and part of what kind of sparked that was I saw a bunch of other guys getting on and just kind of rambling. Mm. Uh, and, and some of them were just not good. It wasn't good. Mm. You know, I'm like, if these guys can get on and, you know, I mean, you see all of, you know, social media, so many people use it for the wrong reasons, right? And And, and mm. it's very influential. You can... You can really mess someone up if you know if you put the wrong info. Right. And there's so much of that. So I said, "Why are we not getting on and and just bringing the truth? Mm-hmm. We don't have to get all preachy. We don't have to get all in depth." And so I just you know started reading a chapter and expounding a little bit, right? You just kind of. And so that happened, and then um, about a year ago, uh, Pastor Rex over at uh, at Northtown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever been there. You know, I haven't yeah, been I there. Got, I got to go with Scott once. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do you cool know guy. Pastor Rex? I do know Rex mm-hmm. well, dude. Do you know him well? Okay, I good. I know him well. I love Rex, bro. Yeah. So he he had me, he uh he just randomly because my parents go to that church. And so he randomly uh asked my parents if I would come do a men's study. 
Uh, and I said, sure. So I did the men's study, you know, it was two sessions. And then he called me back and said, can you do a Sunday morning? I said, Sunday morning, you know, for what, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so I said, sure. And so I did it. And then that night he called me and said, uh, um, you know, I'm praying and this and that. And I, you know, he had, he had, he had a situation going on, mm. but he said, you know, the Lord put me on your heart to, uh, take the church over. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we prayed, Sabrina and I prayed my wife and, uh, you know, after praying and fasting and waiting, uh, we, we felt confirmed. And so we started January 1st of last year. And so wow. what, what, a, what a year to start at a church, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, COVID year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been, it's been, um, an amazing experience, mm. you know, to say the least. I mean, I've just learned so much and, um, still so new. I mean, there's still so much to learn. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but, um, God's been, God's been faithful and, uh, he, he's doing some great things. Mm. Um, and, and I'm excited for, for all that's, you know, in the future mm. for all, well, you know, if he can do this much and, and just so randomly and things to be, you know, things seem to be transpiring so fast, what else can he do? Yeah. You know, when you just keep waiting and stepping out in faith. So that's kind of where I'm at. But, but I think the, the biggest thing right now is just finding balance. Uh, cause you know, I have my business, the church, and then a family. I have three kids wow. and a wife. So to be able to balance those three things out is, is for me where I'm at right now currently is just finding that balance and it's challenging, mm. you know, um, you know, cause before, you know, before when I was, you know, when I knew you guys going to Golden Springs, it was just me, my business and, you know, I can go to time, church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, you show up to church whenever you want. And, you know, even though I was, I was, I was plugged in yeah. as far as, you know, sitting in, right. I was sitting in, I wasn't, never got involved, you know, with the leadership or anything like that. But, um, and so now, you know, everything has, there has to be balance. Hmm. And so that, that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm trying to figure that out myself. Um, what's your business? So I have, so I have the, uh, the supplement company, Skin Deep Nutrition. Okay, that's right. It was I just closed my store down in San Dimas after, man, eight years or nine wow. years of, of running the business. So, but I still have a meal prep company. Okay. So the meal prep company is called SD Meals. So I have a couple chefs. They cook mm. lean food. And, uh, so I have, I, I have a lot of, a lot of customers for that. Okay. Yeah. But obviously when, when I started at the church, I wasn't able to spend the time with the meals and getting new customers because I was in the gym. I was in a different gym every day, setting up my booth. Uh, you know, I'd stop people, show them the menus, mm. and a lot of people sign up on the spot. Mm. So when you can't do that every day because now you have this responsibility here, you know, your business goes down. Yeah. And so that's what that's what happened. But so there's a lot of there's you know yeah. there's, there's a lot of a lot of good stuff. But I think just the balance right now is. Um, what I'm learning and and the Lord is teaching me that. So yeah, that's kind of, that's where I'm at right now. I feel you. It's hard. Do you sometimes wish like you were just full-time ministry just to do things, you know, like, so you could just focus on that? Well, it's, it's kind of weird because I, I feel like I am mm. with, with, uh, with all that's taking place. I feel like I am doing full-time ministry. Um, but I still need to take care of these other two things. Mm. Right. Which are which are important because without the business, right, without that income coming in, right, right, then yeah. you're gonna be in trouble. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's important. I mean, you're a dad, you're a husband. It's not just like you sleeping in your car or something like that. You know, you can't. You gotta hold that mm. down. Right. 
Yeah. And then to balance out, you know, spending time with your wife, tough. Three kids. I'm having uh, a hard time just one, bro. Yeah. We like, we have any man. plans for another one? Oh, yeah. I never want to raise an only child, so yeah. Yeah. Not necessarily trying yet. My daughter's turning 2 in on the 11th of this month. Her name is a uh, Ro. 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 Yeah. Yeah, baby Ro. That's awesome, man. Yeah, she's something special, dude. It's crazy because I I uh I was raised only brothers. My dad had no sisters. It's all guys. Mm. And then my brother Johnny, only boys. My brother Duke, only boys. Like, And then I have a daughter. And com- just going to be completely honest with you, like the beginning, I thought I was like some sort of monster because like I didn't have the connection that everybody would talk about. Like, oh, as soon as you hold your kid, you're going to see. <laughs> and I felt like I was holding this little robot, dude. And I was like, there's something wrong with me, dude. Like I have some something wrong with me. But, um, dude, the, she broke that down, bro. Mm. It's crazy. Like, because my daughter's so, so tender with just like me just telling her no or anything like that. So it's, if there's something that's obscure, like, oh, drink my tea that I made you or something, you know, the answer is absolutely yes. So there I am with this little pink plastic tea cup and <laughs> pink tea, dude, dude. I know all about that. I, yeah, dude. I, and I, I don't know, man. I I used I I know that people like love that. They're like, oh, that's so sweet. And I I've never glamorized that in my mind, but of course I'll drink the, the tea with my daughter, <laughs> dude. Of course I will. It's super crazy, man. And then and then working construction, dude, has been. You know, I was assistant pastor for a season at Calvary Chapel Hollywood, right? And then I stepped away with intention to start a church. I'm like. I'm like, dude, this is this is my time, you know. Mm, and I walked I out. I walked out, dude. Like, backpack. Like, let's go. Like, let's go, Lord. And then just like doors closed, bro. I had like so much stuff on the table that when I walked away, I thought, surely if if only a quarter of what's in front of me works, I'll be full time ministry. This is gonna be great, you know. This is. You've taught me, Lord. You've trained me. Let's go. And then just found myself like a year and a half later, no church, not even knowing where to fellowship, a construction site with a foreman telling me that he, he hates me, literally standing over me in the rain. I was in a puddle of mud. He was looking down at me. He was like, I hate you. And I was like, I know. That's <laughs> literally what I said to him. I was like holding a shovel. He had me digging a ditch and the rainwater was coming in faster than I could shovel out the mud. And he just, he just hated me. I don't think he even knows why he hated me. He just hated me. Something about me. You're still working him. there? I'm still a construction worker, dude. Yeah. Still the same. I work for the same company. No, no, because I'm I'm in the union. So when we finish the job site, I get sent to another job uh, site. And I'm under a different. But that, that was your intro. That was your entrance. No, I was probably it. like, I was about a second or third year apprentice at that point when that happened to me. Mm. And I and I had just left Hollywood and all the other doors had already closed. And I was going through the struggles of marriage of just feeling like I can't uh, figure out how to how to make how to be an awesome husband. I just felt like I couldn't do it. Mm. You know, I was like, man, I, everything I could think of, every bit of literature I thought I memorized or known was just not coming through. And I was like what happened to me like dude i 
I found myself asking myself, like, why is it that I, I don't just flip out and cuss at this guy right now? Like, I'm nobody. I'm not a pastor. I'm nobody right now. Like, I'm nothing. I'm not even like a great husband or great anything. I'm just like a loser right now. And it was in that place that I just, I felt like the Lord spoke to me shortly after that and told me that all I ever was, was his servant. Mm. And that hasn't changed. Like that reality hasn't changed just because of the circumstance that I'm in. And so it's, oh, dude, I felt, but when I, when I accepted that and then said, all right, well, what, whatever you want me to do, if I'm a construction worker till I die, like, just let me be your man still, you know? But I've, I had become what I felt like was just like a, a shell of who I once was, dude. Like there was no confidence. There was no, like I developed, I tasted anxiety for the first time in my life. Like hmm. just weird stuff, dude, that I was going through. And I went, I had a mass that I had to have removed at the base of my skull, dude. I, I ended up with kidney stones. Like I got jacked, bro. This is like. So this was all right after. After I left. Hollywood. Assistant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After that. So did you, did you try to actually step out and start a church yeah or dude i look? started i started in nick's backyard at first hmm. and we were doing it and i quickly started realizing the lord showed me something dude and I'll, I'll share this with you um whenever you're doing you know dude you're god but he showed me something that whenever ministry is costing other people more than it's costing you who are called to it um for me the lord showed me i needed to be able to tread deeper than the people I was leading mm. and, and um, being at Nick's house, I could just feel like the weight that they were experiencing of people coming and just the Lord was very clear with me. And before he ever even had to be like, Hey dude, I'm feeling, I just knew dude. And I came up to him and he was like, he, he was like kind of surprised, but he was actually like, you know what, dude, I, I know this is the Lord. And I'm mm. like, Hey, don't worry about it, bro. And there was another thing. There was a private Christian school that had a pastor, uh, sort of like a, a in-house pastor that had died, and the the private school had been like without anybody since that man passed away. My buddy's assistant principal there, who I grew up with, and he's like, "Dude, I want you to meet the principal." And met the principal, and we even set a date that we wanted to start a Bible study there, and. They were going to invite the parents of the kids, like their kids go to this private school and it was going to be just like an in-house chapel, dude. And and that door closed like the fastest I've ever seen a door closed, dude. I thought, man, I, mu I must have said something without even thinking about what I said or something when I met him or something, just door closed. Like, hey, we're not going to do it after all. I mean, we had a date and everything. So real quick, what happened, what happened at Nick's house? So we stopped uh it was just it was just becoming at the time difficult for them to host oh you know what i'm saying right and i started praying i'm like lord you know what open a door for me to get a house so that i could just mm. carry that you mm. know not be putting i dude and i i learned a lot in the time i was in hollywood um i just seen some young people just like trying to push themselves in the name of ministry and god was just really speaking to my heart and once i felt like if I started pushing people to serve, to be a part of it, that I would be dragging them rather than leading them. Right. And so mm -hmm. the Lord was very clear to me about that. And I, I started, I, I keep this little journal, dude, where I write down like 
sort of like the little rules that the Lord's taught me along the way. So I'll never forget them, you know? And, um, so anyways, I, I, I found myself there in that place. And then when COVID hit, like, you know, my wife deals with, um, anxiety and stuff like that too. So it was hard for her, us to find where we were fellowshipping. And I was like, man, what is going on? But then my, I feel like this is turning into a story on me now. No, Sorry. You're good. You're good. Um, just cause we're catching up, bro. Right. You know? No, yeah. And, um, so I simultaneously, dude, my dad had, since my mom passed away, he slowly continuously backslid. We didn't know. I didn't know. I When I talked to him, I'd be like, hey, how are you doing? And he's just like, all right, you know, how are you doing with the Lord? Like, yeah, good, you know, and that was it. Just always generic mm. response, you know. And then I went to visit him in the middle of this storm that I felt like I was in, this desert. And he was like, he lowered, we were sitting in his living room and he just like lowered his TV all the way. And I was, and so I kind of turned and he's like, son, I feel like I'm further from the Lord than I've been since I got saved and the furthest I've been. And so long story short, I mean, I ended up teaching a Bible. So he couldn't, he physically can't go anywhere. His health has declined. He can't, he can't go to church or whatever. He finally stopped riding a motorcycle and you know, my dad's, he'll be 80 this year. So, um, start teaching him Bible study. And then, um, my brother Johnny started going with his wife and it's just us three. It's by no means like we started a ministry. I like, I do this for my dad, dude. My dad can't go to church. I take church to him. I just want to be a faithful son in this season that I was a nobody anyways, but I always kept myself, dude. Like I never, I never went to any of my former vices. I just was like, I'm still your man, Lord, but I don't know. I don't know what happened to me, you know? Mm. And then, uh, this opened up. He had me. I was the first guest on this podcast. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, uh, why don't you come on? I'm going to start a podcast. And it was, it's jangy. Like, if you see the <laughs> first episode, it's like a camera and us sitting in these two chairs, like just facing each other. And um, not to say that we over the top amazing with production, but we've come a long way, dude. And, and then it was like four or five episodes in. I don't know mm -hmm. when I decided to come on. He hit me up again. And he was like, hey, dude. And I already felt it. I was like, dude, this guy ever asked me to come on again? Like, I'm down with this. Because I like talking with people, dude. Mm -hmm. Just like hanging out, you know? Right. And uh, he's like, dude, will you, will you like co-host with me? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm down. This is what we're doing now, dude. Yeah. I recently went back to Golden Springs, though, dude. Wow. I just, I just, I went there and I had all this stuff in my head a little bit. I knew it was the enemy, dude. Like, like if I didn't belong no more, you know? Um. I felt like I was going to get there and, and realize how different I had become than everybody there. Mm. That's the way I felt like. I just felt like I was going to walk in and just be like some different person than I used to be. And dude, I was just greedy. It was such love. And the Lord just softened my heart so much. I was sitting there and Nick was doing worship and Raul was teaching. And it was even beyond just the sermon he put together. It was, it was just a Lord speaking to me in that service. And I walked out of there. And I'm like, son of a gun. I think, I think I'm coming back, you know? And mm. And I talked with Max. He went with me. And we just both decided to just like, dude, let's just go back, dude. Like, so it's so I've been going this last yesterday was my third time going back. So Wednesday, nice. Sunday, Wednesday. And I'm excited, dude. There's brothers there. I love those guys, dude. And they they've always been they've always been loving to me, dude. I, I don't know. The enemy was just hmm. 
just there was things God was teaching me too, bro. Oddly enough, I I was just talking to Wade last night, and uh, I remember carrying so heavy, bro, like uh, like uh, worried that I'm coming across differently than I really am, like like overthinking the way I'm coming across when I'm talking to people or when I'm teaching or, and in this season of just getting chopped down, bro, of just being feeling inadequate or feeling like, I don't know. It's like that just disappeared somewhere along the, I don't even know when, mm. but all of a sudden I, I'm okay with like, if I'm misunderstood, it's all right. Like if the Lord wants to clear something up, cool. And even if not, that's cool, dude. Like, you know, and, and that's a freedom, bro. That's a new freedom for me. Like, no no more anxiety about how i'm coming across or what i might seem like false motives or any of that's just gone you know I just died with a bunch of other parts of me you know hmm. but i'm I, you know i'm kind of curious bro like because i i feel like i briefly heard but i can't remember how did you get saved dude like where where did you start with the lord so <laughs> that's a good question <laughs> hmm. I was uh I was 21. So I was uh I got saved in my room. So after just, you know, I went, I lived in Vegas for when I was 21 the last 4 months and the Lord was just pricking at my heart and the Holy Spirit was was really go ahead. Who were who who were you before you got saved? Like who's this guy that you are at that point in your life? And you, with whatever extent cuz I'm not about like oh going in deep, but whatever right. degree you want to share like who who what were you about before you got saved? Yeah, so I was uh I was really into the party scene, really clubs, uh, you know, the gym. I worked at I worked at like 10 different gyms, 24 hour fitness, uh Golds, LA Fitness. All at the same time. I was, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, shout, bro. No. <laughs> different times. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Um so it, I was just at the gyms and uh, you know, met you meet so many people in the gym. Sure. You know, I met Peter at the gym. Uh, you know, we became best friends and, uh, animal. yeah, <laughs> Love that guy. and so you just meet different people. And so I got into the, the club scene, you know, Hollywood, Vegas, moved out to Vegas for a while. Um, but re- I think really the, 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 the main part of my testimony is just growing up and just being really angry, mm-hmm. really angry, really hateful, which is why I started working out, uh, mm-hmm. all up until 17, I played soccer. I played at a high level. Uh, traveled traveled all over California, different parts of the country. Uh, made the Olympic development program at 17, so I had a future with that. But I let my anger get the best of me, and so that's when I started working out at 17. Uh, picked up the weights and never never put them down. Hmm. So from 17 to 21, I was in there, you know, two a days eating, you know, five to seven thousand calories a day because uh, you work at the gym. So you you know you work out on your breaks. Yeah. You work out after uh, with different managers and stuff. So, and so you get. But my the what drove me into that was I think more than anything was just my the the anger that I had built up inside of me. The mm. uh, you know I just had this 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 hate, mm. and um, you know you kind of masquerade it as different things. You you want to fit in with people, so you 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 act like you're not as mm. as as mad as you really are. Mm. Um, you know, what were you so angry at, dude? If you don't mind me asking, man, that's that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. Person. I mean, you know, both my both of my parents, you know, my dad came from Egypt, 
You know, he was he was nine years old when he came here. He was in Cairo. He was born and raised there. His dad committed suicide. My mom has a crazy story. And so I just think that when you have these two people that come together and both of them have really crazy stories, right? They got the real testimonies. Mm -hmm. and, and, and they do all that they can. They do the best they can mm -hmm. to make things work. You know, they try to raise you up in the church, but it's not really committed. It's very, it's, it's wishy-washy. It's mm -hmm. very carnal. Um, and man, you know, I, Sundays I'd be at soccer fields. Um, then, then, you know, in six months I'd be at church. And so that, that was kind of my, I knew the stories. My uncle was a pastor, uh, church in Hollywood for 20 something years, mm -hmm. um, great missionary. So my aunt and him would always come over and they would always tell me about the Lord, you know, mm -hmm. and she would always ask me, she would say, if you were to die tonight, right as I'm ready to go out to the club, mm -hmm. you know, I got, you know, curls in the hair, you know, nice fitted shirt, feeling amazing. Just, you know, just, right. got, off, yeah. just got off the bench press, you mm -hmm. know, an hour ago. Right. And so she comes up and she says, if, if you were to die tonight, where would you go? And I'm like, you're going to ask me this right now. But she would do this. She would do this often. And so it always stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And And years later, now I know what she... The prayer that she prayed was, make him miserable in his sin. Mm. And wow. she prayed, make him miserable in his sin. And so, uh, you know, up until 21, I, I just, you know, you, you do the you do the whole backyard party thing and all that stuff up, you know, in high school. You know, I got involved with the wrong people, mm. uh, a bunch of that. But then you get into the club scene and now it's just kind of an elevated, par you know, elevated party. That's all small fish now. And now it's like big time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and so the last four months I was in Vegas. I was 21. Uh, I was a travel agent in a boiler room, right? You got 30 other guys in the room making phone calls, booking hotel rooms. And so we would do that. Then we'd go out and party that night. And it was just, it just happened uh, every night. And, you know, you just kind of get to a point where I'm like, you know, is this is this what it's all about? Hmm. Is this what it's all about? The same kind of thing over and over again. I'm doing all I can to please myself and at the end of the day it still seems like there's something wrong and so i i'll be honest with you, i was scared to die uh i i remember mm -hmm. i remember very you know i was scared to die i knew that if i was to die in my sins i would go to hell yeah and so i knew about the rapture and all that stuff so um i just so as i started going out to the clubs i don't know if you guys ever been in any clubs in vegas but they're they're you know amazing Right. I mean, it's just it's that's the that's that's the life of the club. If you want to if you want to experience the upper echelon of clubs. Mm. And so I remember seeing this one group of people at a um, at a table and this guy had a bottle in his hand. And man, I looked at Peter. Peter was with me, you know, was a whole bunch of us. And I looked at Peter and I said, hey, man, uh, actually, I went to another buddy of mine on the dance floor and I said, hey, does something feel different tonight? Does something feel different? And he said, man, you're tripping, you know, quit killing my vibe. Get out of here. So I'm like, all right. And so I went over to Peter, said the same thing. He's like, yeah. And I said, dude, this is like hell here, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I looked at him and said, this is, this, this is what hell looks like. He's just there, fist pumping, bottle in his hand. Everybody, it's just, you know, it, it was, that was the, that was, this is it right here. This mm -hmm. is the pinnacle of the party. Mm -hmm. You're not going to get better than this. And f from that time on to the next four months as I would go out, it would be the same thing. And I said, I'm going to try to just put this on the back burner of my mind. And so it happened over and over again. And, you know, I just had, the, I had a really spiritual experience through this four months. Mm -hmm. Like I, I felt like the devil was on one shoulder. It was like a cartoon. And, you know, the Holy Spirit was on the other mm -hmm. soldiers. The devil saying, just keep living your life. You're young. Cause I had made a, 
I had made a a plan with God to surrender my life to him like at, in my 30s. I said, God, let me live in my prime, you know, for myself. Mm. What, you know, why would I why would I surrender now? Yeah, I made a similar one. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I made I, I kind of made a deal with God, but but unofficial. I never said it to anybody. But I said, wait, wait, wait till I get married and settle down. Then I'll get then I'll do whatever you want. Um, and so but the Holy Spirit was saying, if you die in your sins, you're going to go to hell. It was very real. Mm. You know, I, I can't explain it. Um, and so after four months of that, I finally got to the point where I even hit up Peter a few times. And I said, dude, let's just make an appearance just because we don't want to look weird to, to everybody else. They're going to think we're weird if we don't come out. Let's just make an appearance. We'll show up and we'll come and we'll come back home. And so I found myself at some club in, in, uh, in Orange County. And I remember just getting completely wasted. And uh, I remember walking into the restroom, just like preaching the gospel, like just like like a mad, like stumbling all over the place. And people are scared, like, what, what's up with this? <laughs> I'm preaching the gospel. I'm, you know, I'm stumbling. But what the, heck? the Lord had already been kind of, he was, he that four months was really like heavily working on me. And so I remember even sitting down, you know, I'm wasted, but I'm talking to this guy about the Lord for like two hours. And finally, I'm in my room one night. Um, you know, I, I had my parents have like a little basement room. They, I was living in there and I just got on my knees and I said, God, this I can't remember exactly, but but I was reading. I opened up the Bible. I started reading. I think it was Matthew, and you know, an earthquake happened, and mm-hmm. just kind of, I was sitting on my bed, and the and the wall shook, and so I opened the Bible. I was reading through in Matthew, and it said, you know, there's going to be earthquakes and famines mm-hmm. and this and that, and so I said, man, God, if that is not you, you know, I don't know what is. I don't know what else you have to do to get my attention, and so I went to the foot of the bed, got down on my knees, mm-hmm. prayed, and said, you know, just what the prayer that I knew to say that mm. just what was on my heart and I just remember just the, the weight the burden just completely lifted off I got up and uh you know because there was a lot of a lot of hate a lot of anger mm. uh you know I didn't talk to you know some of my siblings for a whole decade and I saw them every day didn't say a word just passed by them in the house every day not saying a word Dang. just because I you know there there I mean there there's a lot that probably went into how that what how the anger and the hatred that had me at that point, I could probably unpack that a little bit. But the point was, is that's just how I felt mm, and, just and, angry. and just angry, mad. And so that's what, you know, I got into the gym and that, that, that was my way of, of getting, of, of releasing it and getting it out, you know, cause I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to go in and, and, and hurt people and, and, you know, yeah. do, all, do all that stuff. So the gym was a good outlet to, to release the steam. Hmm. So 21 years old, you know, gave my life to the Lord, started going to Golden Springs right away, plugged in six days a week. You know, you got uh, Mondays, you got foundations in the faith, right? It's a seven-week course, but I just went through that for you two years. going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got Tuesday, you have New Thirst. You know, Mikey was teaching for a bit. Eddie, you know, they would switch off. Um, and then uh, Wednesdays was a midweek. Thursdays was, you know, Pastor Dale. Fridays, whosoever Friday nights. Saturdays <laughs> off. And then Sundays, you got... The service in the morning and, and then you got the, the house or the gig or whatever is mm-hmm. at night it was yeah so i i just went fully in yeah um so that that was that that was kind of that you know in a nutshell i relate to being afraid when you were in the world because i remember i would always wear my seatbelt because i knew i was <laughs> like dude like if i die like i'm going to hell dude so i was like i'm buckling enough i don't care how cool i look <laughs> isn't that a scary thought yeah that's <laughs> That's crazy. But man, okay, so then you you dive into Golden Springs. I was kind of 
uh, how old are you right now? 32. 32. Okay. I'm three years younger than you. So I met you probably a little, a few years after that. Um, I met you in the high school ministry with Scott Salamat. And yeah. I remember you, you were, were just stood out to me as like a brother who you kind of took me under your wing for a short period of time. Um, and yeah, I remember that was like when I was, I'll call it baptized with the Holy Spirit. When I became aware that the Holy Spirit was in my life, I remember guys like you, guys like Bird, Scott Salamat, um, I kind of stepped in a little bit later, really started to pour into me um, and started to make me feel like, whoa, like there's something that's beyond what I've been used to, what I've known my whole life. Like I never knew what it was to have that relationship, that personal relationship with God. Mm. So I'm kind of tracking with you. I'm wondering if your experience was was kind of like that once you started to walk now as a believer. Was was it for you? Did you just like things come naturally? Like, or what was that that like? Because did you have an experience with Christianity before you got saved? Well, I, I knew I had known all of the all of the stories and stuff mm-hmm. in the Bible, but um I actually grew up going, uh, so when I told you I went to church every six months, right? My dad would just get us in the little Honda and, mm-hmm. and drive down. It was uh, Xavier in Pasadena. So uh-huh. I, I went on a high school camp here and there. You know, my aunt tried to get me in her Armenian church in Hollywood, you know, going on camps with them, you know, and you get around the bonfire and you make a commitment to the Lord, right? <laughs> and I did that like 10 times, man, growing up, mm-hmm. you know, and so it was never real. But the point is, is I knew, I knew the truth, right? Yeah. I, you know, I knew the truth. I knew the stories. Okay. Um, you know, I just always put it on the back burner. Mm. Always put it on the back burner. And with working out, was that like for me personally too? Because when I I kind of relate a, li- a little bit, nowhere near to your size. But <laughs> when I started, it, when I first got saved, it was kind of like all I had was like, well, I just have the gym, and then I go to church, and I like no girls, just focus on the Lord. So that was when I first actually started really working out. Was when I got saved. But I'm kind of curious. Do you find it, um, is there like a balance? I mean, to me, when I see you, I'm like, man, there's, here's a guy who is like a pastor and who keeps himself like in good shape. Is there a balance at all with that? Can you take it too far? Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I actually, it's funny. I remember Mike telling me one time after church or something, he's like, man, why do you even work out? You know, he, he, <laughs> he asked me, I don't know if that's exactly how you said it, but he's like, what do you, why do you, like, what do you work out for? I think you were curious or you just wondered, yeah. you know, because maybe my shirts were a little too tight then. <laughs> so he's like, what, you know, what are you, what are you trying to do here, man? You know, um, it could have been, it could have been that, right? <laughs> I think, I think that the, at that point in my life, I was very, um, I believed in like being completely transparent and, and asking people genuinely what's on your mind instead of, you know, tiptoeing around. I, I've said some things that were off colored in that chapter of my life to a few people, <laughs> but I, all I, all my intentions were was to be honest, like the things that are really in your mind say so that people can at least look at you and be like, this dude's 100% really. He's not just right. And I, and I was curious about the motive of it. I just, I just not like you, what are you trying to do? But more like, I want to know, like, and there have been seasons in my life when I thought I should pick that up. Like what's, what's a, What's a good avenue of doing that? Like your health? If 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 somebody were to say to me, like, dude, it's better to be healthy and strong and 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 in good shape, that I'm with that. I'm like, dude, I need that. You know what I mean? I'm down with that. 
For me, it wasn't even about that. It was just about get, f- having a good outlet to release the steam. Mm. So that makes sense too, actually. Yeah. That's and, the way and, I am with music. You know, yeah. people- and growing up playing sports, like I was extremely competitive, still am. Mm. It's just, and it's in my nature. Uh, and so the gym was was a place where you kind of just compete with yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you just want to see the improvement. I didn't care about doing the competing and all that. My brother did that. Mm. All my friends did that. I had a you know, supplement company sponsoring all the guys. I was in the industry of, of, of doing all that stuff, but I didn't care about that part. Right. For me, even now today, it's just more of a routine. It's a lifestyle. I, you know, I do want to say, dude, like just, just being completely transparent, like I recognize that there's a different approach that you have to a lot of other guys. I see guys that, you know, they, they're, they're barely putting on any muscle and they're already in the whole gear and they're in the, you know, and they're like talking about it to everybody. And you've never been that type of dude. It's It's always been almost like, like it's not really a big deal to you. And I get that with what you're saying. Like your, your personal attachment to it has never been like, I'm about that life. You know so much about that life mm-hmm. that, and I'm curious too, does that ever happen to you? You see like guys and they barely start getting super into it and they're like way too obviously about it right now. And, and, and they're not even upstairs three yet or whatever, you yeah, know, all the time. Yeah. All the, yeah. There's, yeah. there's, there's a lot of where those come from. <laughs> so, so I understand when you, when you ask that question or when someone is curious like mm-hmm. that, especially in the church, right? You have to, you have to right? like the Bible says, test all spirits be discerning you have to understand what people's motives are mm-hmm. right because man there's there's wolves that are that are in the in the four walls right mm-hmm. and so what are you really here for especially in a big church where you got mm-hmm. thousands of people right you know you got you know you got the the the, the sheep dogs <laughs> right here mm-hmm. right i remember one time uh, you remember ruben he was in the mm-hmm. in the pastoral class with so. you yeah okay oh, yeah, yeah 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 we so six months into my into my walk with the lord uh a guy by the name of john harris uh in new thirst i don't know if you remember him light-skinned black guy big boxer oh yeah yeah. he had a beard yeah amazing dude um he went door to door in pomona so he would go door to door he would open his bible and he start preaching the word wow and so he pulled me aside one day after new thirst i was in the parking lot go walking to my car and he said hey man the lord put me on your heart i said what do you mean he said this is what i do uh i want you to come out with me and so i started going out with him we did that Mm -hmm. for a few months and i remember ruben came out because Ruben was in charge of the evangelism ministry at that time. Mm, and so he came out with us and he kind of just, you know, he wanted to see what was going on. But in a big church, you have to do that. Mm. You, ha- you have to, you have to, who's doing what, what are people's motives? Mm. Because we understand there's, there's bad, there's bad, people have bad motives. That's yeah. interesting that you say that. We had a conversation earlier today. Um, mm. and, and what we were talking about is what draws people, right? So you, as a minister, you can draw people to feed their need as a pastor. Like you can, dude, you're missing pieces in your heart and your life. Come see Jesus and what he could do for you. And that's, there's truth to that. But then there's like this other monumental truth behind the Lord. And that is that he's truth, not just that he has something for you. Because in many cases you come to the Lord and things get harder even. Right. right. And so we're, we're discussing how, you know, you can you can get people excited even about coming back and and leaving knowing that they feel better they felt better being there they they feel happy they 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 look like the speaker dude they like the music you know the place looks beautiful they're they want to come back and they want to bring a friend you know you mean, you mean a church yeah a church yeah, yeah a ministry but that doesn't necessarily equal that something changed in their life 
It's more there was something they wanted and now they're finding it at a church. Right. And so when when you have a church that is really big, people can come in and start feeding people something that they're looking for. Hmm. You know, and so I remember what you're talking about. You know, I thank God that ministry I do is nowhere near that kind of capacity. Those kind of thoughts don't even have to come to mind. But in the season of serving there, there, I mean, it was guy comes with a brand new, awesome motorcycle. And now he's got like 16 year olds around him. Like, oh, let me see your bike or whatever. Boom. He's got an audience, bro. Like immediately guy shows up who's a professional boxer or something like that dude and the kids are getting picked on he's like hey bro you know what i mean who's picking on you whatever wins a couple of people over all of a sudden he's got a nice little following you know guys who like whatever they document everything they do in ministry and and they're showing everybody what they're doing and then they you know and, and meanwhile you have guys that are genuinely humble trying to show a kid that his addiction to pornography or whatever is destroying his life and he just lost five months of pouring into this kid because somebody in a new motorcycle showed up or something, you know? Right. And so th those are things that you say, but I think at the end of the day, if I could rewind back to that mentality, even I, I, I feel like the Lord's ministered to me in that people belong to God though. Right. I, I'm all about looking out for people, but you got to remember they don't belong to you or to right. a church. They belong to the Lord, bro. Mm -hmm. And if that's your motive and in, in coming alongside and helping people, that's great, dude. But if you get too into the machine of like, oh, my role at this church is to go, then then you put a slant on the taste of who the Lord is through that mistake too, right? Now people kind of get an idea, oh, this is the way a big church is. You better, you better watch out. They're Nazis over there, bro. You show up and you, you know, too many mm -hmm. people want to talk to you and they're going to kick you out of there or something. And, and unfortunately, those things happen because people, they're taking something to a degree that isn't necessarily healthy either. Right. And I'm not mm. bashing on anybody that might have walked with you. I don't, there has I don't to be know what balance. Yeah. 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 And, mm. and and in the end of the day, I think the healthy balance is that people do belong to the Lord. Right. You know, and so if that's the motive of a pastor protecting people, that's cool, you know. But you know how it is at, at, at that time, you know, this is Golden Springs has become a different place too since COVID and all that. And there's some amazing things that I see God doing there. But in the in the in the season that that was, there was a lot of people looking for their own little place too. Oh, I'm the I'm the sheepdog dude, mm, I'm right, the, like you right. said, you know. And that's how they find their little niche. Like, hey, pastor, you know, I just want you to know, I found these guys trying to do this, so I I, I checked them out or whatever. So everybody's looking, <laughs> yeah. everybody's looking where, where they could get their little piece of it. Not everybody, a lot of people were. Huh. And uh, that that kind of brings something up, though. I'm kind of curious. I want to ask you what. What are those lessons, dude, that the Lord has been showing you mm. since you started now in Pomona? Um, I kind of wanted to hear how's those lessons been this last year? Man, where do I start with that? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there, you know, I mean, there's just so much. There's there's so much still to learn, mm -hmm. right? There's there's so many, but I guess up until now, um, you know, because but before. You know, before this happened, it was like I said, I, I'm called. To, I was called to be an evangelist, and I still am. Right? right? That that's what I love to do. Yeah, I love to be out in the streets. I love to uh, just share with people, just really unorthodox, right? Get awkward and just, <laughs> but but get like but that, but yeah. get in. Like that's what I love to do. Um, and that that was that was you know why I started those Bible studies to start with. I just said let's just start something, and I, I just want to share with people. Uh, that's why I got on social media and did it. Mm. So, um, 
Why did I bring that up? Well, because <laughs> yeah. of the, the changes that's been happening in the season after you were there just going to every single church service at Golden Springs. God calls you, you leave, and there's some new chapters, new things that you're learning, you know? Yeah, so when, when, you're, when you're, I'll use the word Lone Ranger. When you're kind of just doing things on your own and your own timing, I'm going out and evangelizing whenever I want. Um, and I had plans, of course. Like I started a clothing brand, still haven't launched that yet. But but it was all a vehicle to to push for the evangelism. But now you're in a church, and now the responsibility changes significantly, mm. right? Especially being you know the the lead pastor of the church. Um, so now you know one of the things the Lord's been showing me is just you got to be a lot more disciplined. There's, there has to be a lot more discipline. This is It's not just something that you just do half-heartedly. It's not something that, uh, you know, you, you don't take seriously because these are my people. Like you were just saying, right. these, these are my people. And you better you better hear from me, mm. right? You better hear from me. But you better make sure that you're doing the things. And I, I never I never cared to be a pastor. I, I want to be careful with how I say it. Um, it wasn't something you aspired to. It wasn't something I aspired to. You know, even other people like my aunt and stuff would say, "You're the." I just heard the other day they said, "You know, not in ten million years would I ever see you being a pastor." They mm. thought it would be my other brother, other brother. Mm. Um, so, but now being in this position, right there, there's a lot of responsibility, and and I have to really make sure that. Uh, I'm on the right page at all times. I'm, I'm, you know, with the Lord. Everything. Not, not that it wasn't before, mm. but this is just. It's a different. It's a different responsibility. Right. Um, but I, yeah, I would say. I would say. I would say that. Wow, discipline. That's. Well, I was just telling Mike today. I've been really encouraged. Um, because I feel you, man. Like, uh, I. It's funny because I started uh, Redeemed Church officially on Sunday mornings, January first. When we did you really? Yeah, yeah. So same thing, and then COVID hit, and then I was like, oh. <laughs> so we went to my Are backyard. You still in the backyard. Yeah. So we're in the backyard right now, and we're getting married in April. So the Lord's like, with. I really feel led that like God wants me to move it out of the backyard again. Mm. Um, so we're praying about that. So keep us in prayer for That's that. That's awesome. Mm. But one of the th- big things that I've learned that has changed and i was just talking about this with mike today go for it was and this is him putting a a bug in my ear because i started to like i'll be completely transparent sometimes it's like kind of hard when you start see the crowd get small because of covid and it's like people are scared to come out so it's like oh man like okay lord like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and there was definitely a, a season where i just felt like man uh god like are you sure like this this is what I'm supposed to be doing, like, and started to lose a little bit of the joy. Like, mm. I would get up, I'd be re- have my study ready, and then as I'm teaching, I'm just like, kind of like, just like, man, Lord, that's it. Okay, I'm okay with it. But then, thank God for Mike. He was he impressed upon me. Hey, you need to look at what God is calling you to do. Be obedient in it. And find joy in being obedient to God rather than on the outcome. Like, has God called you? Mm. Did he tell you to to teach your family? And these are things I'm like, yes, I believe the Lord has called me to teach my family in this season, to start Redeemed Church. And once that started to really take root in my heart and in my mind, because at first I was like, okay, I heard it, got it. Yeah, I got to try that. And then once I started to really like learn it, 
the Holy Spirit kind of does it. It's hard to describe how you start to actually kind of live out that lesson. But truly just say, okay, you know what? I'm going to, you know what, Lord, you've called me to teach, teach the word. I'm going to do it. And suddenly I just have been feeling like the Lord is is doing things before through the studies, not even so much where I feel like a huge difference in the way I'm teaching, but I just know that the Lord is doing something because I see the effectiveness of it. Mm. And I just, it's something exciting. I, I think that I would just like to share with you, man, that not, not that you needed to hear this, but oh, dude, you know, it just, yeah, kinda, anytime, I relate with you, you, you know, you pick something up and you're walking with the Lord and you, you taste it and you're like, man, that tastes good. Lord, like you just want to share it with your brothers. Yeah. You know? Like, dude, right. I mean, it's a little piece that you get. That's all that was birthed out of was discouragement in my own life. And it's like, you know, the Lord challenging me, like, when did you lose the joy that you're my servant? Mm. Like that alone, like that was the thing, like I'm the Lord's man. Like there was no, there was no strings attached. I always tell young people, like, dude, if you think of your favorite artist or your favorite, you know, athlete or whatever you're into you know your favorite actor whatever if 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 all of a sudden he's like hey you want to hang out with me you'd be so stoked you'd be so like even if he was just like if he was just like hey like can can you would you mind giving me that napkin real quick or you'd be like yes you'd go and get it you know (laughs) and that's because of your adoration for that person right you know, and, and surely the Lord deserves more adoration exactly. than that, how much, right? How much more so? Yeah, mm-hmm. how much yeah. more so, bro? So then you you start to realize who the Lord is and, mm-hmm. and that he, he has counted you as his servant and he's anointed you. He gave you something. You didn't, he didn't, you could have been everything in your life minus that gift, right. you know? And yet he gave you that, like, this is, this is for you, you know? There's more, there's so much joy in that reality. It does not matter how successful we are in life. Mm. Like, it's just like, I'm the Lord's. Like, he's he gave me this thing. Like, you know, and any time that my more recent challenge in myself is not with people, because people will ask you to do a billion things, bro. Like, hey, I think you should do this, or I think you should do that, you know. But when the Lord, like, anything you ask of me, the answer is yes. Mm. To come to a place where, like, that's the driving force. Like, that's that's the joy of my life. Not what it's going to do when I say yes. Saying yes. That's mm. the joy of my life. Like, the king of kings comes to me and says, hey, I need you to do something for me. This is the joy of my life, dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that place, I had to, he had to bring me to that place because there was nothing else, bro. You know, and and I said I've said this before. You know, be cautious about who you blindly encourage, because mm. there was a, a a thousand people that were like, "Bro, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna do this, or you're gonna be that." And I believed them. Young believer, just like I believed them. Like, dude, you're that's true. And I went out, and at one point, the Lord interrupted me. He's like, "Was that my voice?" Mm. And I started to rewind and realize how much we just shoot from the hip. We just shoot little compliments, dude. We don't think about what we're saying. You got some young guy like, you're going to be a pastor one day and just shot it out there. And that kid right there just heard the voice of God in his mind. Right. He's like, I'm going to be a pastor, you know. And that's halted me, bro. Like, whoa, let me, I'm not going to say anything to people that the Lord didn't say, you right. know. 
because I'm not going to spread false seeds because guess what? If I see this kid's a servant of the Lord, then that's what I'm going to tell him. You know what? You're a servant of the Lord, bro. Yeah, I man. see that. That's a real thing. That kid could run with that for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? But don't tell him he's going to become, you know, a president or something like right. that. Dude, I mean, kids are, especially if God's giving you the platform and power of influence. Yeah. Because we can't, we can't generate that, right? Mm. We can't generate the size of the platform. God gives us that. And I'm talking about not just, uh, not just because of a skill we have. I'm talking about just the presence of a human being. You're aware of it. Like you go places sometimes and in certain circles or certain places, dude, God has given you a platform. Like you could be saying nothing in a room and people are like, they want to know <laughs> what you think about something, you know? And that's, that's, that's more. And I'm sure you've experienced this but more than just your size or whatever, any of that kind of stuff. It's literally just like, it's, it's other world. They'll be in a room full of people who don't care nothing about that stuff. And all of a sudden the Lord gives you presence in that place. And when he gives you a platform, you got to take it. Like you said earlier, bro, like mm -hmm. take it seriously. Like, do you know, these are God's people, you know? Right. Um, so anyways, I digress off of that, bro. I, I, I want to know, I'm just curious, dude, about the, the change in a man who is, he is who he is, right? That is you and the calling that you have. I mean, you're, you're intoxicated preaching the gospel of people when you first get saved, right? But what changes in a man hmm. when he gets married? What changes, like what? Let's take Demetrius pre-marriage, right? He's already got a calling. He's already serving the Lord. He loves the Lord. But then you get married, bro. And I want to know, I'm just curious about what things are added and what things are cut off. Right. Well, I could tell you what gets cut off is 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 you. Mm. I mean, just just this, you know, being being a very selfish person, mm. being about myself. And so now you get married and you have someone else that you need to please and somebody else i'm teaching through philippians right now and, it, and it's all about esteeming others higher than yourself mm. right humbling yourself just like jesus did until the point of the death right even the death of the cross and so which was the most humiliating death that you could mm. die yeah and so for me it's like man if you if he humbles himself that much mm. right how much more so does he expect me to deny myself and these these are just so fundamental things of being mm. a christian right Luke 23, deny yourself if you want to follow after me. And so for me, getting married, man, it was such a, you know, it was such a, a shock to how much I've, I was actually into myself, how mm. much it was really all about me, just the selfishness of mm. everything I was doing in life all revolved around myself, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, even in the Lord, mm. you know. Um, and so now getting married... Uh, just me denying myself and then having three kids right and they all and they're all about themselves right <laughs> they live for themselves and they expect you also to to be to get on board with them and to live that way as well <laughs> right like you said with the teacup right with a little bean <laughs> let's have some whatever yeah but but that's that's just been so important for me is understanding that it's not really about me anymore mm. it's not about me anymore and you know, that is already the truth when you come to the Lord, isn't it? It's yeah. not about you anymore. Hmm. And then you get married and now it's not about you even more right. on top of that. So I think that, it's that, like, that would be the subtraction. Yeah. Right. At least for me. I mean, you can, you know. No, yeah, that's good. Solid. 
I'm going to find out. <laughs> and and, and <laughs> it's just basic. It's really basic. It's nothing in depth. Like, you know, we could try to come up, you know, I could come up with this really in depth, you know, thing, but, but it's just, it's that simple. But it, there me. is, but there is depth behind the simplicity of that, bro. No, because, there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I don't mean, I don't mean like there's, I mean, obviously there's more we could dive into it, but as much as you already said, bro, it, because, you know, you don't realize, we don't realize that we're selfish people. Right. I thought, yeah. and another thing too is we don't realize that we've pleased people on a surface level until you are married, right? So, so you might have girls that think you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. You know, you might you have people in your life that think you're awesome. They think you're a great teacher. They think you're just a great friend, a great human being. You know, but you you've you've only poured seasoning on the surface of their life, right? That you see them, you meet them, or you hang out with them, or you have experiences with them. But when you get married, you're talking about past the surface of a person yeah. and, and, and them learning past the surface of you. Like me, dude, one of the reality checks was you could have people that are fans of your existence because of talents or just communication or the friend that you are to them or conversations you have. But all of a sudden now you're your closest person seen all these other layers that nobody knows about dude. right and 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 they're a mirror of those things because mm. you see the look on their face of momentary disappointment or just there you are at it again doing your thing you know or and it's because now you're the lord is is pulled a mirror up doing he's beginning to show you who you are yeah you know mm. and that's the you know that's what you're talking about right there bro you said it's so simple but it was all there bro yeah, and you and you and you you, you went more in depth and you said that and it's so true is that you didn't know that it was there before hmm. you didn't know that you were actually that selfish yeah. right you get married and you say man because you always think you're ready yeah right i, I remember <laughs> before i got married i'm like oh lord what are, you, what are we waiting for like oh, let's go i'm <laughs> ready go. Yeah. Like, how much what, what, what other things you need to strip here mm -hmm. and so then you get married and you're like <laughs> wow like mm. i wasn't even close mm. right and now even for you, I think it's been, yeah, it's almost four years now. Like there's still just so much stripping that still needs to take place. Mm -hmm. One of the additions I would say is, um, mm. you know, when you, and you felt this before, but you, you experienced life, you experienced loneliness, you experienced hardship in the Lord, right? The things that you go through, uh, but the loneliness part. Right, you're never, you know, you're never really lonely. The Lord's always with you. Oh, yeah. You got fellowship, especially in a big church. There's a lot of people if you decide to get plugged in. But at the end of the day, you still feel lonely, mm -hmm. right? That's why God said He's going to bring a companion. But then you get married, and at the end of the day, when the world seems to be against you, when things aren't going your way, when you feel like there's rejection, right, in a ministry or this or that, mm -hmm. and you just, though you have, you got the fellowship, you can make the phone calls. You could, you know, get in the word of God, you just still feel lonely. Mm -hmm. You feel like you're on this thing by yourself, but then you get married and you have someone to go back to at the end of the day who's just going to accept you for who you are mm -hmm. and be there for you. And you just feel like, I can't wait to get to that, that oneness. I, I need, I need to feel this, this comforting right now. And it's always there. It's something that is always going to be there. Mm -hmm. And it's not always there in... You know, before that, it's mm -hmm. I, I remember vividly, you know, just saying, man, this is this is hard. Right. You, you, you need that companionship. You need someone to encourage you. You need some mm -hmm. and really mean it, too. Yeah, because I really mean it. And that's that that would be 
one of the greatest additions hmm. that I've personally uh, experienced. I mean, there's a lot, but that's yeah. encouraging for sure. Cause yeah. a lot of the stuff I've been told was negative. How do you balance that? Like three kids, that's a lot, man. How do you balance that ministry? Uh, how do you, let's just start off with just ministry and family life right now for you. I haven't arrived anywhere, man. I'll just tell you straight okay. up. I'm still, <laughs> still trying to figure it. out how to balance it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and, and it's, and, it, and the thing is, you know, the way the way I'm the way I am is I like to I like to go all in with things, you know. I've always been mm -hmm. like that. So you know, with this, I want to go all in, right? With the ministry that's in, that's in front of me, I want to go all in. And so when you decide to go all in, that takes time, that takes effort, that takes energy. And then you get home and you're tired, right? And you and now you're you're the 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 man that the husband that your wife sees is is tired, mm -hmm. right? So what we've done is we 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 just set aside one day. Mm. Where we just do, you know, whatever whatever anyone wants to do. Right. Where and and with COVID, it's hard because mm. there hasn't been much open, mm -hmm. even though now things are opening back up. Mm. But we just, what do you want to do? What do the kids want to do? What do you want to do? Plan it out. We'll do anything you want to do. Um, but with the all in mentality, there's other doors that open up along the way. Mm. All right, and there has been for me. There's other doors that open up. I'm at Bulldog Gym Tuesdays and now Thursdays as well, uh, doing a Bible study there. So. That that just you know, and so you have to know when to say no to things. Mm -hmm. You have to know when to say no because there's other things that open up, and you say no, that's just too much. I can't do that. There's another thing that opened up. I said no, I can't do that. Mm. That's just too much. It's not healthy. It's not. It's not the Lord. I don't think. And and so you have to know when to say no. You, there's yeah. there's things that you just can't do. Mm -hmm. um, but even at the church I'm at right now, you know, the church was built in 1936. Wow. Uh, the the church. I don't, other than just, you know, fixing the roof here and there, it, I don't think it had, it didn't have any upgrades or modifications or yeah. renovations or anything. Uh, so it needs a lot of work, right? Mm. And so one of the things that we've been doing since I got there is fixing the place up with what we have, the mm. resources we have, the hands that we have. There's not a lot of laborers, right? Mm -hmm. If the church is already small as is, and then COVID happens, it gets even smaller, mm. right? It's it, it's growing, it's growing, but there's not a lot of laborers when you have a small church. It's always a few guys, a couple guys that do most of the majority of the work. Mm. And so now that adds more to the workload, right? So that's why, you know, we've been we've been talking, I'm like, dude, I'm busy. But the thing with that, you know, when, when someone says they're busy, I'm, I'm always like, dude, how busy are you? <laughs> like, what are you really doing? Yeah. When I worked at the gym back in the day, you know, people would say, oh, you know, one of the objections was, too busy. It was too busy. Yeah, it's all, but but it's always one of three things: the man, the machine, or the money. They didn't like you. They didn't like the presentation. They didn't like the product. You didn't build enough value, or it's a money problem. But one of the things that they would talk about is time, hmm. right? And so then I would unpack their days, and we'd find out they got three or four hours left in their day. You got time, you know. Hmm. And so I'm just trying, and I'm hmm. trying to find for myself right now is really balance these things out because they're important things that need to get done. You know, it's not the church, it's not the building that people are going to come to. They're going to come because they want the word of God and the Holy Spirit's going to bring them. Right. That's mm -hmm. just, that's just how God works. The Lord mm -hmm. adds to the church as he wants to. Yep. It doesn't matter how the place looks. Right. However, right. There is the aesthetic side to that as well. Stewardship of what Stewardship. you have. Stewardship. Yeah. yeah. And so you need to make sure that it's being taken care of properly because presentation still is very important. Mm -hmm. So we've been putting the time in doing that, and that can get very 
overwhelming very fast. You know, mm. you already know, you guys both know, putting a study together, sure. you know, it's it's labor. It's time consuming. And then you add all these other factors. Mm-hmm. Or, or unfortunately, sometimes you can skip some of that labor and still feel like you hit something out of the park a little bit, but you're not giving real substance. Exactly. You know, and that's a, that's when you really love the Lord, that's taxing, like in your own spirit, like, I don't want to do that, you know, Mm -hmm. shooting from the hip is always a, you're giving people yourself, you know, but, but, you know, something that you said earlier when you're talking about time management and uh, one of the things that the Lord's shown me is, is the magnitude of investment in something. So it's more than just like I could get this done this amount of time and then do this and do that and do this because some people have amazing management skills with their time and right. so they they they, ha- they they can do that. But investment to different degrees on a certain subject is is what return you get on that. And mm-hmm. I find this a lot in conversation with people. It's like, what are what are we actually? If you just if you just bullet point what we're talking about, there's just a few points that we got through. But the 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 magnitude of investment that a person's giving me or I'm giving a person is what's impactful, mm. right? And that's giving me something in return. And the Lord's really taught me a lot about that, you know. And and one of the things, a hurdle I I, I could assure you that you'll have is everybody has something to pitch to you. You know, hey, dude, be awesome. Like if you did this or you did that. And a huge percentage of those things are just what they are. Good ideas from a person, mm, you know, yeah. and saying a, a, a capable vessel. People also like to live vicariously. Mm. They see that you can accomplish something they'd like to accomplish. They just want to be a part of it. So they're going to stand next to you as they pitch something to you and get you to jump on board. And none of those things are bad, but none of those things equal God's voice either. Right. Right. And so, you know, that's that, that's that place of trying to learn management in my life, not so much with my time. Of course, I could get a lot of things done, but how much am I really invested in the thing that I'm doing? You know, this podcast, bro, I'll tell you right now, like, like I've done it where I was 60% invested. And I got it done, dude. I can conversate with people any what? time of the day. What? This is news to me. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because because I'm because I'm worn thin of like something I'm kind of arguing my wife or I whatever, mm. you know. And so I show up to get the job done. Get the job done. Ask the Lord for some help. But it's it's in really remembering, reminding myself, this is something that God's given me at this time. The door is open, something's called me to do. And to make that moment to stop before I pull up. To check where my mind's at or my heart's at. I got to do the same thing when I get home, bro. Like right before I touch that handle, like stop and like, dude, she don't deserve all the stuff that I carried all this day or, you know. And even if I go in, hey, I love you. Oh, the baby, kiss the baby. Oh, you look beautiful. Any of that stuff. But dude, the investment, like if my heart's not in it, bro, like it's it's cheap, dude. The turnover isn't quite the same, you know. But I, I was... Uh, as you were talking, dude, I was remembering some of my um, early impressions of you, and one of the things that I admire, dude, because I, I'm I'm a people person. I love watching. One of my obsessions about doing this podcast is the diversity of the vessels, bro. It's amazing to see like how Sean is so different than Scott, and how 
just people that come on. We had Steve Martinez, dude, come on here, and it was just a trip. I was watching his mind and what he has, and I'm kind of curious about something because there's something that you, you you have that I always struggle in, bro, and that is like this natural ease in confrontation. Like, right? So as a kid, I forced myself to idolize confrontation because my dad was a tough guy. So it's like, let me just, let me just, I wanted to be like my dad. So my dad got in a lot of fist fights or whatever, and he taught me to hit the bag. And so I was trying to vicariously be my dad, right? But my nature, which I had to find out later beyond the facade I had been building all this time was that I'm not, I'm not confrontational actually. And, um, and yet I've seen the Lord, like topics, whether it's politics or whether it's just black and white issues that the Bible is very clear on. Is that something that you consciously are aware that you, you, that, that, that there's an ease that you have with that a comfort that you have? You said earlier, get awkward with people. I love that, Mm. bro. I, I remember moments when I had to assess the conversation with what I'm being asked. Like we would just be talking in the parking lot and you'd ask me something that was just a challenging question to myself. And I, I'd have to eat that. And, I, and I've always admired that enjoyment that you have with, there's no fear with creating an awkward moment that's challenging to a person that makes the wheels turn, makes them think, makes them give an answer, honest answer. Um, is that something that you just naturally have that you've always had and now God's using it in the ministry? Or is that something that you've developed? I hate confrontation, man. Really? Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate confrontation. Um, there's a lot of things that I don't like, you know, cause I, I've struggled with anxiety. You know, I've struggled with anxiety and and part of, you know, what you were saying earlier is, is you know, getting in the church, you know, especially in a big church, there's fear. I'll get to I'll get to what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But maybe this is building up on that. Sure. Um, and so when you struggle with anxiety and you struggle with fear, you know, especially in a big church, hmm. right, you want to get involved. You know that you have abilities. You know that you have, you know, some skills and some talents. But you just don't know how to how to show that because you know that's what anxiety does is it keeps you down. Mm-hmm. It keeps you down. It makes you scared, and um, you don't want other people to see that, mm-hmm. right? It's 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 a weakness that is kind of being veiled by some other you know manifestation that you're trying to put forth to make people think a certain mm-hmm. way about you that you're not really right. Mm-hmm. But but it's not a bad motive. It's just look, I'm trying to I'm trying to be normal here. Mm-hmm. So I think part of the confrontation, you know, because I like to just be real with people, right? Right. Um, you have to know when to be transparent and when not to. Sure. But transparency is so important. If you're not transparent, you're not going to relate with people. Yeah. Uh, you need to be able to relate with people if you want to mm-hmm. be effective. And so the confrontation part, maybe you can give me an example of, of what you mean exactly. Okay, so no, I just, I didn't mean, I, I think I chose the wrong words, but like. You made it, me go down a different path. Yeah, no, no, down. that's still, no, that's still, that was some deep. There's some deep stuff that you were mentioning there, just just concerning the walls that we put up to protect ourselves, and these are things yeah. that people really deal with, bro. And the fact that you have a lot more than anybody would ever talk about, right? It's, it's actually the elephant in the room. It really is, and and th- that's what's so important about this conversation. I think, though, and I didn't intend for any of this stuff to come up, but I think that's what's important about this conversation is because most of the time the people that seem to be the most confident are the ones that are struggling the worst with that elephant in the room, Mm. you know? And so, um, and those walls, you know, we later on, we repent about how, how in order to sidestep what was inevitably coming towards me, I wounded other people around me. It was like, let me just, you know what I mean? Let me just redirect. It's kind of like once you sense that people are going to start making fun of something you're wearing and you just clown on the, the, 
obvious target in the room or something, everybody just turns, you know, and, and that's all social stuff that we develop to protect ourselves really is what it is. And, right. um, and it's always hard when you come across people that you're, you know, they know what you're doing or, and that stuff can get awkward too, but bringing it back to our walk in the Lord, you know, the freedom from that is in honesty. Yeah. Right. And that's what you hit on is like, because once you're just being honest, you're not playing a game anymore. Yeah. You know, and you just, you just, you just tell the truth and it's such a freedom, bro. And I encourage anybody that might be listening. If you, if you're dealing with any of those topics that we so briefly touched on, 80% of the people won't even know what we were talking about for a second right there. But the people who do bro, like they're deal, they're fighting that. Right. And, and there's a, there is a freedom in, from that, dude. And it's just an honesty, just, yeah. le- just learning to be like, dude, I, I watched my brother Johnny do it. It's so beautiful, dude. Like my brother Johnny would just, he'll be mid conversation. Somebody would be like, do you got to go? And he'd be, no, I'm just feeling a little awkward right now, dude. <laughs> he's like brutally Blunt. transparent about it, <laughs> but it's something beautiful about it, bro. Once you get to know him, you'll never feel like you can't trust that man, dude. Like mm. never. You'll just be like, dude, this, this guy is genuinely, you know, is that me? itself no you go keep going <laughs> so um yeah sal's on on call dude for his job oh really yeah no, he almost had to ditch this was almost going to be just me and you bro which would have been fun <laughs> what is he's doing uh with hvac or yeah he's he an hvac guy so he's on call dude and they they called him he was gonna have to ditch out and then he got somebody to cover for him but mm-hmm. he's probably picking up is on that, that his right work now. van out there yeah the yeah dude man. yeah alliance my brother john he got my brother johnny a job there. Oh, i don't know if you remember my brother Johnny. yeah i do not, yeah absolutely he got married yeah dude yeah well he's been married for yeah. several years yeah right? he's got two kids and he is just a, such a blessing to me dude i mean still, he's still on point with the lord and yeah dude, he went through a season where alcohol really snuck up on him for a chapter mm-hmm. there dude and my brother's not a social drinker it's not like he started going hanging out with the wrong crowd talking like just his own anxieties and he's like one of those people that like go by himself drink real quick so he could come back and be normal you know what i mean mm. and that was just something that was really lingering on his life and you know just spending time with him and helping him recognize the 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 beauty in what he thought he was trying to hide of who he really is i mean my brother johnny has a tremendous um just love dude like if you if you gen- if you look at that man and you're talking to him what he's saying to you he 100 means and it penetrates bro like it it, he blesses me dude like he really lifts me up bro in seasons of my life because me i'm different you know like i was a performer by nature when i was young i was an actor you know and so i like it was like my craft to like know what people are up to you know what i mean and to play like little games the way i do and but that stuff gets so tiring bro especially in ministry you're like i just want to be real bro right. you know what i mean i just right. want to be honest and it's tired it's tiring to carry that on it sure you can't you can't keep on carrying that, and I think that's kind of what makes th- makes things hard too. When you, when you walk into a church and you think people are thinking a certain way about you, and it's like you just want to feel the freedom, right? Yeah. You, you, you and you have to balance out that type of when when you're probing someone or you're discerning or you feel like a mm-hmm. sheepdog, you better make sure that your your discernment's right, because because especially in a big church, you're going to run people off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to discourage people that actually have talents and abilities mm. to step out in faith and do something. Mm. And so if you're really called to that, and most people that think they are, they're not. Right. But if you're really called to that, make sure you're really hearing from the Lord when you when you want to approach someone. Because then it makes, you know, like you were saying, you feel like people 
see you in a certain way or that, or you think that you're something and you're not really thinking that you're that, mm. but they think that you think that. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it gets, yeah, it gets cloudy. You know, and, and you, and you can't be who God called you to be because right. there's up, no freedom. You either be either faking it or running. Yeah, you know, exactly. And, and that's, that's, you know, I, I enjoy, I'm glad you said that, bro, because that's something I want to add this time around, like coming back to church is to be aware of that, bro. Because there's some amazing, beautiful things that God wants to do in people. And you know, people, it's not like a form of idle babble, dude. You're just an autopilot and you're just doing your thing. And this whole, you know, the, the ministry you're involved in, it, it's going to be there and it's going to do what it's got to do. So it's easy to just, you know, on autopilot, say something to somebody or say, you know, act a certain way with a person and not realize that, that that's that person's entire world, bro. Like that's, they just got discouraged and they're like, I'm done, you know, or whatever. And, and I'm like, you know, far be it for me, Lord. I didn't go through that season of the wilderness to come back just the same guy who just thinks, you know, the gifts are still there and they were there in the immaturity. Mm. But, but you get grinded out out there, bro, like by life and failure and the Lord himself and kicked around by Satan at times too. And it'll really remove a lot of, foolishness dude just immaturity bro it you know the one thing i always pray for when i meet a young talented guy is like oh lord you know just get him quick yeah. you know so that he can he can mature because his talent will take him to heights you know and people will think he's something or you know or he'll think he's something and, and then he starts to lose you know not get the humility that is so more abundant the lord needs more of that than even the talents dude you know, the talented people, you can just hang them up, bro. But you get true, humble people, dude, who are genuine and honest, and they're worth way more. You know this from serving ministry. You can see it, you know. But I'm, it's crazy because your your honesty about the places that you're still learning, right? Sal asked you a question like, hey, give me this scoop. You're like, I don't know. Yeah. Hey, I'm trying to learn it. <laughs> Sorry, and I, and no, I, think, I, I, think, I think that that itself is something – you know, I'm curious too, because yeah. if I, I wonder if you pick this up, because this is what I pick up just from watching you on on Facebook, is you're not ashamed of the gospel at all, bro. That's kind of where the, I yeah. Was so I, like, I'm curious if his idea, like, if you're not afraid of confrontation, do you do you find it easy just to be like straight up, like, dude, this is what truth is, and this is this is what sin is yeah to refine that question where i was earlier that he's kind of getting right. at like right because i said i said you don't you don't you know you like confrontation that's not necessarily true there's a boldness that god's given you is what it is right and um is is it difficult for you like you hit subjects sometimes you know watching and i'll mm -hmm. i'll i'll scroll through to just watch these trolls mm -hmm. dude they just jump on <laughs> and just come at you right and and you got you got a lot of people chiming in People are like, what a blessing. People are like, you know, screw you, bro, or whatever. And you and, and you'll just be right there on the chin, bro. Just like, this is what it is, bro. Is that purely obedience? Are you enjoying that process? I'm terrified. Okay. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm terrified. You know, it's... It doesn't show. First just, of all, I hate the camera. I'll just tell you like that. I hate the camera. So doing when I, when I did that... That was extremely hard for me to do mm. because I didn't like be. I hate being in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. Still do. Don't like it. Right. I think it's just practice makes perfect. You get you get better and better. But um, you just have to. I think that you just have. 
you have to get to the point where you say, I can't let this fear take over. The Lord's putting something on my heart. I feel like I have to say it as I feel the conviction. Now, saying that, you know, people have to, you have to have a filter. Mm. There's a wrong time to mm. say the right thing. Right. Right. <laughs> right. So you, need to, yeah. you need to say it the right time, right? Mm. And timing is important. Uh, tact is important, all that stuff. But at the same time, you know, and I don't even know if I should start mentioning yeah, some please of the, do, some dude, of the names. Can... No, no, but but you, oh, just, yeah. you have some of these, <laughs> I got you, yeah, yeah, you have some of these, you know, these, these well-known Christians that are calling these people out and stuff. And, you know, the question is, is, you know, should it be done on the platforms? And we can have that conversation. But the point is, you have to know when to have a filter. You have to know when to talk about confrontational things. But you have to get over the fear. Mm. And for me, I'll just tell you, for me, it's been, mm. am I gonna, am I going to let God use my life the way that I believe he wants to? Mm. Or am I going to let the fear just take over? Because it did for a long time, mm. a long time. And, you know, up until, you know, I, I was going to turn down the opportunity because of fear. And it's like every everything that I, I believe the Lord opens up. There's this there's this heavy fear that is associated with that. And then you read the scriptures, perfect love casts out all fear. Mm. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a mm. power of love and a sound mind. And I'm like, Lord, what is going on? Right. Mm -hmm. But what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, you said it was 80, 20, 80 percent of people will understand 20 percent will. I think it's a lot more than 20 percent. Probably, probably 80, 20, <laughs> the opposite or something. It could like be. That, yeah. It could be. But I think that it is an elephant in the room that mm. so many Christians, especially in a big church, mm. They're scared to step out. And, you know, for me, it was, I'm going to step out and I'm going to say what I feel like the Lord's putting on my heart, even if it comes off confrontational. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Mm -hmm. It's scary, but I, but you also don't want to look, you know, foolish. I don't yeah. know if that's the right word. No, or I like weird, that. Yeah. Or because there's people that just, it looks kind of weird, right? Yeah. Or it just, you know, maybe the presentation is wrong mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. Right, you got to be spirit led when you're doing sure. it, so that it could be effective. I think the pure motive is important too, and then going circling back a little bit to sort of encompass it to our conversation is is that is it something God told right. you to do? Mm -hmm. Right, obedience. Exactly. So that's that's a big thing. Like you, you could get smart guys telling truth effectively, and a mass amount of people are enjoying it. Right. Yeah. But it not necessarily be that God told you to do it. Right. So that's what you're talking about, like. Politics, like I, I'm just when I start to feel like, man, that shouldn't happen. A person will come along and does it right, and you're like, that's the Lord, bro. Like that guy is not trying. He hasn't calculated the scenario and knows his audience, and he's delivered. He he's just being obedient, yeah. and it's penetrating. I love that, dude. I love when my when my eyes lie to me about what I learn from a person when mm. I talk to them, engage with them in the spirit. Wow. Mm. I love that. I live for those moments, bro. Like, like you see a guy and you're like, I know what this guy's about. Like, you know, generally I could see it, you know, but then you start engaging with a person and you're like, yeah, way off. Mm. Right. You know, part of the reason why I want to have you on here, dude, you know, because, because that's the kind of thing that a, a younger version of yourself carries, right? Like, Everybody thinks they know and they have no idea, bro. Right. You know, and then. Can and you then, imagine that multiplying that now by a thousand? I, mm, I mean, right. Or 10,000. I mean, you, yeah. you get into a real messy situation. Sure. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and how, how many people have run out 
Hmm. How many people, I mean, you know, you're back in the mix, right? But how many people didn't come back Mm -hmm. because of the wrong perception or you're thinking I'm thinking this and this and that? And it's sad because they either go somewhere else or they they, they use what God's calling them to do there. Some people, who knows what they do? Are they just discouraged? But but go ahead. You, yeah. You no. No. Somewhere. No. Not. I mean. Yeah. I'm. I'm talking with you. Yeah. You know. So. Mm-hmm. But that's what's interesting about the Lord putting my heart to go back, um, because the the parts of me that are gone is that I accept somebody wrongfully thinking anything about me now. I accept that, bro. And I just know that if there's a happened, he was with me. We walked up on Wednesday and there was a brother standing outside and uh, I'm walking up to go into the entrance and he, he's like mid conversation. He turns around and he sees me and he's like, see, that's what I'm saying, dude. He's like, I haven't seen this guy in years and God brings him here right now. And I'm like, I, I have no idea what's going on. Right. And I walk up and I'm like, Hey man, and the Lord immediately starts to, to put it in my heart to approach him gently. Like, because that's all I have now, bro. I don't have a name. I'm nobody, dude. I'm not like doing something. I'm not doing nothing, bro. I sit there after service. I leave and I say hi to some people that I love that want to come and give me a hug or something. That's all I got, bro. But I'm walking up and, um, and he just, he turns and he starts sharing with me that, his marriage is falling apart, dude. Mm. And he tells me why. He tells me what happened, what's going on. And 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 the autopilot almost kicked in, bro. Like, you know what, dude? You know what it is. You need to remember, man. Like, because God tells us, you know, we need to stay away from. Uh, start like my autopilot almost kicked in, and the Lord, dude, just like stopped me, bro. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, looking at this hurting dude, and I'm just like, I'm. I'm sorry, bro. Like, I'm so sorry, dude. That that's the hardest thing in the in a Christian's life is their marriage. The one thing that you talked about, dude. The one thing that you have to be like that thing messing up. Yeah. And I could feel this, dude. I could feel him, bro. Like, and I just gave him a hug, dude. He just started crying, bro. And I had no counsel for this guy, bro. Yeah. That would have been the younger me, dude. Oh, you know, you know what it is, bro. Are you in your word? Are you, dude? It's like. I've been broken, bro, like by the Lord, like, and, um, so I just loved that guy. And then I told him I loved him and he told me he loved me too. You know, we had a little bromance right there. And then, and then I, and then I turned around and I walked in and I sat in, in an obscure place in the sanctuary and, and I'm there because I believe in the body of believers. And I believe a big part of why we do this podcast is because this is one of the few places that mm. I have a connection with people that I don't go to the same churches as them. Where we were surprised to find out that it's mostly Christians who listen and it's not necessarily Christians from one church. Mm. So that all of a sudden is body of believers. It's not like the way we do it, the way they do it. That's all, that's all out the window. And it just boils back to just like, Okay, if, if if you're if you're not bathing in the the way we do it versus the way they do it, all you have left is Christ. Hmm. And that's where healing's at, bro. That's where reality of what God really is doing and who we really are in the Lord and learning to discern what 
saying yes to everything that's ministry related versus learning to discern God's voice and telling me, halting me, the spirit saying, no, don't even say what you were going to say or don't, you know? And, um, and so that's, what's interesting about going back though, is like, I, I, I'm humbled to not critique anybody. I've been humbled, bro. Like not, I'm not trying to be, <laughs> that's, that's a very prideful thing to say, right? I'm humble, but it's the truth, bro. Like I, I out there in construction, you know, I'm, I felt like the lesser in the field I was in big guys, bro, strong guys with no communication skills that don't want to communicate that are killing it, bro. Smashing. Like they got different kind of, their hands are made of different things than mine, dude. They're, they're, they're just different, dude. And they, what makes them happy is different than what makes me happy. And God threw me in there, bro. Is trying to carry, trying to keep up like stairs behind them, just going right. And, um, and it was so, it was so crazy to be no, to be the weakest, dude, to be the worst. Mm-hmm. Like, and just, just mm-hmm. having to be the disappointing help. Like, <laughs> this is what I got sent today, you know, and like eating that, bro, with your pride and like just, you know, felt like I was in a world of giants, dude. And, and then certain people hating me, outright me feeling like they hate me, them admitting that they hate me. And me telling them, I know, like, I know you hate me. So if you don't mind me asking, yeah, Mike, please what, do. what, what, what is, what do you, why do you think the Lord has allowed you to go through this humbling process or whatever you want to call it? I think I, I think at one point in my life, I thought I was a giant in my own right. And the Lord was just like, I don't have no room for giants in their own mind. Just being completely honest. Mm-hmm. And so he took me to a place where. He removed whatever area of giantness I thought I had. And then he stuck me in a place where I was absolutely obviously to myself and those around me with 100% effort and 100% like will, the lesser. Yeah. And just left me there, like left me there, bro. Even with, even, even standoffish with his voice at times, like, like, and I knew it, bro. Like I, like at one point in my life when I was out there, I was like, I didn't, I didn't fall away. I didn't like take a wrong turn. You brought me here. You brought me this place. And so being humbled, you know, and then, and then, you know, once you're effective with people, right? Like, you know, you, you remember me, dude, like effective with ministry and praying with people and effective with advice for people and their relationships and effective with all this stuff. And then, and then get put in that construction world and then to feel ineffective in my marriage at times to feel like I don't know what to say or I can't fix this. A complete inadequacy, bro. Like, and doing it at four, get up every day, 3 a.m. in the morning, dude, and put some construction boots on and go in the rain and drive for hours to get to a job site to do this. Like, this is what I'm doing now. And um, so that's humbling, bro. Mm. That's not like I'm a humble guy. That's like humbled guy. You know the difference, right? Like you were humbled, bro. Eat that pie, you know? (laughs) And then to come back, you know, but one of the things that the Lord also removed from me is to, to, in my critiquing of the fellow Christian, right? Because at that time I'm like, I'm fencing Christianity. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm fencing brains with people and minds mm. and ministry. And I'm, I'm bouncing off and noticing so-and-so brought it today when he was teaching and all that stuff that I loved and enjoyed. But you get smashed, dude, and come back and... I'm not here to like judge 
anybody, dude. Not even Christians that I think are getting a little wrong. Like, yeah, I was. I'm thankful that they were happy to see me and that people hugged me and that they said they love me and that's it. Like, there's no like, I know what you're really up to, you know, because all I could do as a Christian is try to do it right, and 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 it turns out for me that the right way is to be nobody, dude to be smashed to nobody like where you're just not where you're putting that on like i know i should be humble i should be i'm talking about like you feel like you're nobody bro like you feel like that i, I for reals bro like that's that's what god did so this time around bro i i will i will definitely um be slower to speak you know and uh be more thankful mm. i'm more thankful for like you know people and their like kindness and i also have learned in this season to celebrate other people mm. that's mm. that was new for me i didn't know how to when i was young i don't know why i was that way dude i saw somebody else getting a piece of pie and i'm like let me see if i can get some of that pie you know <laughs> this is that way just by nature but then to for god to teach me to celebrate like to watch what god's doing in someone else and be like dang you see that like that was that's super dope and not even with any intention not to go and get to the crowd and tell them it's awesome just from the distance to watch it and be like that's cool bro mm -hmm. like to learn that and not only learn it but to like embrace it and to be about it and to celebrate you know young guys around me that become pastors and you know and nick dude i see him i'm like heck yeah bro and and it healed me bro with little pieces of bitterness too that were lingering about when doors got shut on me as a teacher or when people were like hey we're gonna ask you to sit down you know those little moments like what well, this is my only thing though i'm not i'm not an athlete i'm not I'm nothing else like don't take my little thing from me you know and uh if i could if i could say something yeah, too, please because you're you're saying that you went through the humbling process i have a very similar story but this is coming from a guy yourself that is very talented right you're in you won't say that about yourself now especially talking about your humbling process <laughs> oh, right yeah. but i'll but i'll say it i know that you're i know that you're very talented and so to hear that from someone like yourself who has a lot of talent in different areas right i've seen some of it um not to mention you know your teaching abilities and all that stuff amazing that you are you are you have gone through this process of 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 feeling like the Lord said you had this is this is the humble pie right here, mm -hmm. right? This is ground zero. Mm -hmm. And I want to build you up the way that I want to build you up. I had I was in four different malls. I had my my supplement carts in four different malls mm -hmm. for three years. And I said I'll never work at a gym again. This is in the Lord. And I went from having four kiosks and four malls. You know, I said I wanted to be in every mall in Southern California. Mm -hmm. To me, work going back to work at the gym, working at a kiosk in Glendale Galleria, and, and and then working at a car dealership, and I never sold a car in my life. I'm like, what on earth am I doing? This was like maybe two, three years ago, mm -hmm. and the Lord just said, you know, similar to what you said, we got to start at ground zero mm -hmm. because I want you to know that it's not about you, it's not about you at all, and that's just so elementary, isn't it? But yeah, but, but it's different when you're eating it. But you it's know? different. It's different when you're there. <laughs> yeah. And, and when you're there, and I'm like, I'm sitting at this car dealership, like saying, Lord, what are, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, I know the word, and and, and I don't want to, you know, because you you know you also don't want to display false humility. For sure. Right. You know the Lord, the the word. You know the word. I know the word. We know the word, and we know what 
we feel like we're called to do, right? You have an idea of what God's doing. He's opening doors. You you feel the 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 uh the calling, you feel it confirmed just just by stepping out and doing it. You have the passion for it. And so you know what the Lord's calling you to do. But yeah, you're here back at ground zero. Mm. And it's like, what is going on? Mm. <laughs> what are we waiting for? Mm. And then what happens? It's just like when you get married, you your your periphery opens up and you say, Wow, I actually thought I was ready and I'm not. <laughs> mm. yeah. And there's still things that that need to get worked on. Mm. But you won't know that until you actually <laughs> yeah. get in those positions, right? Yeah. And the Lord's like, well, there's still some work to do. I know you mm. thought you were ready, but there's still some work to do. I talked to my brother George recently, and I was like, hey, did uh, did you see that stuff so clearly in me? Like, And he's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, how come you didn't tell me? How come you weren't like, hey, like... Hey, like Mr. Solid Dude, like you're screwing up, you know? Like, how can you tell me? He's like, you know, Mike, like, if I did that, then I would be teaching you right now to not to squander young, thriving guys that are barely coming up mm. and smash them. And you know what? There was something at the same time that I loved that I saw. You know, I saw a young kid that thought nothing could stop him and thought that he was going to go and save the world, you know? And he's like, and you know, and a part of me is still like, I'm glad that you had that fire. Mm. And he's like, so don't, you know, don't think that you got to go and fix the world too. Like other Christians, let me tell you, you know, but, but let God mold you like through the process of your life that you're different than who you were. And that's why I didn't try to like squander, you know, discourage you. He's like, if I would have seen you go, outlandish you know then yeah i would have told you but it was just little things that i would look and i'd say you know what the lord will fix that yeah the lord will deal with that dude and you probably wouldn't have received it or wouldn't have seen it would have thought, seen it yeah would have thought that once again i'm being portrayed in the wrong lighting to somebody right. it just seems that way to you but i know i know about what well, we shouldn't do that that's the that's the that's the danger side of the cone coin of the smart mind yeah. Like you think you you're like you everything people say to you, you're perceiving it already. And you're like, oh, I get where you're coming from. I'm like, right. oh, I know about that. Like or I just shared some, that with somebody right now, mm. like a, a month ago that they need to watch out for that. You know, and right. You think these things, bro. Like like you mentioned earlier, going into marriage, you know, you think you're like, oh, of course, people are like, oh, I know it all. But I'm but I know, you know, love, love her like Christ loves the church. I got it, dude. I know. <laughs> I know what I need to do, you know. And then it's like. It isn't until you're there getting stripped down, bro. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you you mentioned earlier, like, the talents. Like, you said, like, you know, you want to manage a talented guy. But, there, man, has it ever been so clear to me the difference between the talents and the gift? Like, um, it's funny how you get two people that look completely different from each other. But it's just because their strong points are different points. But they're the same. When a person is powerful in their talent, that is of the world like their ability they're dealing with they're going to deal with the same crushing that another another person who's brilliant and just in a different lighting and and but god's going to bring them to the same place of just like because he loves them you know mm -hmm. he's just not going to let them just go down that road and so you, you know you're talking about that was that was all, that was all i had bro like to take all of these little things that i had and to just like 
drop them in the right sections and right moments and display them properly and wear pride when it needs to be there and put humility on when it should and just playing life, bro. Like thinking that I'm being a fan of myself in some weird twisted way. And, you know, you wouldn't have known it wasn't, it wasn't a physical or it wasn't any of that kind of thing. It's a mind thing or it's, you know, and, but the Lord will break a man, dude. You say to the Lord, like, I love you. And you do. And you say, like, I want you to use my life. And he's like, oh, okay. And then he takes you out. And it's funny how people always talk about deep water, dude. Like, I hear young men talking about deep water when they're waist deep because they used to be ankle deep. Hmm. You know? Hmm. And then I see young men talking about deep water when they can't touch the ground. You know? And they're like, oh, this is deep water, bro. You know? But I've heard, bro. And I don't dare challenge the Lord and say, I've already been there. Mm. But I've heard of water, dude, where you can't see land in any direction. In any direction. And mm. you don't you don't believe you're ever going to get out. And that's where a man is like, it's not even about, oh, this is deep water. It's about just help me. Yeah. Help me. Like, I need your help, you know. And I mm. wish I had, you know, I love what you shared about marriage, bro. I really, really love that. Um and I want to share with you that you're a blessed man, dude, that your marriage, that you have that. Because some men don't, bro. Some men don't have like that, like companionship. They have just, it's not working, yeah. you know? And that's a blessing, bro, you know? And, but it is something that God has for us, dude. And and when we, I think, you know, encouragement to you, dude, is just, just sur j instead of, just surrender it now, yeah. you know, just be like, I don't know how this is going to work. Like, I, I, you know, right. and just be the fool now, like before the Lord and say, you know what, Lord, like, I'm going to need your help. We, we talked yeah. about it. I too. hear, I hear like a lot of you guys' topics right now. A lot of it, what I see is like preparation, dude. For me personally, I, I feel like the Lord has taken me through seasons, even more recently where I feel like, dude, he's brought me back to just a few weeks ago feeling like God, like, I feel like, um, this is my first week as a Christian again. I feel like I'm messing up on things that I shouldn't be right now. I, I was overburdening myself with some of the work. I was forgetting the appointments I had with people. I was uh, dropping things on my parents like the day before, like, hey, like we need to have a podcast tomorrow morning. And they're like, why do you like tomorrow morning? I'm like, yeah. And then things just all of a sudden it was like, and then there was another like a spiritual uh, exhortation that I had. It was, oh, you know what? Because, and I'm learning this too. I'm the type of person who's like, you want to do what? I'm in full feet. Let's go. Like, mm -hmm. no questions asked. Drop what I'm doing. Let's go. Like, I'm down. And the Lord's now like taking me through this season of like, hey, like, I'm not, I'm not calling you to that, bro. <laughs> mm -hmm. And for me to say no to things that I feel are, are like awesome, good things. Yeah. The Lord is teaching me to to wait, and I I definitely I see these phases of preparation and something for me personally. I feel like I don't know if this is just like my my thing or something, but I feel like the Lord has never just given me something like right off the bat, like you're good at this. Here you go. Mm -hmm. I feel like anything that I've really gotten okay at, good at, I've had a struggle, dude. I felt I feel like with with whether it be music or whether it, it, it be singing and playing guitar, guitar 
uh, teaching the word, whether it be my, my job, HVAC technician, I felt like the grunt, dude. I felt like for a year and a half, I was the wrench in somebody's well-oiled machine that got caught up <laughs> and I had bosses yelling at me, dude. And I feel, felt like, dude, like this is scary, dude. Like I got like these older men now yelling at me. I'm like a 22 year old kid, dude. And I'm just like, what the heck? At least then so they hate you. Right. <laughs> I know. Mike probably had it worse. But I see the Lord has used those lessons in my life to show me like, hey, like it's a step by step process. And there's certain things that he started to allow me to find favor in and get good at where it's like, okay, like ministry isn't going to be handed to me on a silver platter. Like mm. the church is not just like, God's not going to just be like, here, like take it. Like he's like getting us prepared. There was, um, I think Andrew Murray wrote um, how the the man who trains up his young son has an inheritance prepared for him is a foolish man if he just lets his son become a brat and spoils him and then just gives him this large inheritance and his son is just this spoiled brat now with this large inheritance. But a wise man is someone who trains his son and gets him ready for when that inheritance is going to come. It's like, okay, now he's ready for it. Yeah. You know, what, what, what are you going to do now? And that's what I've seen. I've seen a lot of preparation. And I think all of us, like, it's kind of cool to just be here uh, uh, with my brothers again to like kind of, and this is something that's so cool about the podcast too, is it invites someone like you who haven't talked with in a while to come back into my life, which is super cool. What I, what I love about this is it's not, you guys don't have an interview style. It's just conversational, yeah. which is so important, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, but, but I, I think what, you know, in one, in one line, if we could define what we're saying is, if you think that you're humble enough, you haven't been humbled enough, mm. you know? And I don't know who it was that said that when you think that you've, you've arrived, right? When you think that you've arrived to humility, you've completely lost it. Mm -hmm. And when you enter, as you enter in your marriage, right? As you enter in, you know, maybe stepping out in faith and looking for a location or whatever, we're supposed to step out in confidence, right? In the Lord and who we are and who he is in us, and what we believe he's called us to do, uh, not with a sense of false humility, but also understanding that we're we're really nothing without him, mm -hmm. right? He can he he can use he can use anybody, he can use someone that doesn't have all of the abilities, because we, we think to ourselves, I, I have what it takes to get this thing to get this thing going, mm -hmm. to get this machine going. All all the things are in place. I have the competence. I have the abilities. I have the skills. And when you start thinking like that, oh, I'm humble enough. I'm at a I'm at a place where I am humble enough, and I have the abilities, I have the competence. That's a dangerous place, mm -hmm. especially when the capacity, whatever God's calling you to do, is a big responsibility. Mm -hmm. As it is, you're gonna find yourself hitting some walls, and and so I think that as you enter in your marriage, right, and even now for me, like I said, I'm still trying to figure things out. I'm just learning now with whatever the next thing is whatever that looks like, whatever big doors open up, because I always pray, God, open big doors, mm. right? And, and whatever that even means, mm. right? They, it could be a little door, and I think it's a little door, but it's a big door. Mm. But open up big doors. Don't let me miss the blessings, but make sure that I understand that I need to stay. Man, that's like Calvary philosophy. Stay simple. Stay humble. You hear this all the time, mm. but it's so profound. It's mm. so true. And I think it saves us. It would save us a lot of 
a lot of hardship and a lot of failure. When you just open up the peripheral all the way and you say, you know what, there's some things that I'm missing right now, right? Because like you said, we think that we know we know things. Oh, you tell me a story that guy sharing. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Do you really? Mm-hmm. Do, you know, do you, do you really? But if you open the peripheral up and you say, there's some things that I'm blindsided to right now, but I'm, I am willing to receive those as they come. Um, this might be a little off topic, but one thing that the Lord has put on my heart over the years is just in the churches, you know, we write people off very easily, mm. right? And and just kind of, on, you know, tag, piggybacking off what we're talking about. But the church needs to be a lot. I think the church needs to be more encouraging mm. because what we, what we see, I think what we lack doing is seeing someone and being slow to tell them they're doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're, Hey, Hey brother, you actually, you got some really good, you know, that that's some talent right there. Right. Or I see the Lord is gifted you. Or I see the Lord using you in this area. It's really, you, you did a good job, a great job even in the world. People are patting each other on the back all the time saying, man, look at you, right? It's all about you, you, you. Mm. But now in the Lord, it's like there seems to be a lack of encouragement. Mm. You're slow to tell someone, man, Mm. good job, brother. Keep going. Mm. And a lot of people give up. Mm. Now, you might say, well, they, you know, if if Mm. they were really called to it, you know, they never (laughs) would have gave up. But I think we have this really hardcore mentality Mm. and and we need to be more... uh, more encouraging mm. and more uplifting and not wait so long mm. before we come alongside and help a brother up. It's like we want to see him get real low first before we mm. say, hey, man, let me help you up. Well, yeah. Why didn't we do that? Why didn't we do that before he got on the floor? Mm. I think there's a common thread in, in what we're saying. And and that is, you know, when you think they're your people, then you start trying to refine the way you deal with them. Right. So yeah. somebody would defend themselves and say, well, I just, you know, I don't want to puff somebody up. Like, I want to make sure to keep them humble or, right. you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, you ha- we have to trust that these are the Lord's people. Right. And and what you're saying, and I believe, dude, and I agree with you, is that majority of people are just discouraged right now. Yeah. You know, and, you know, they're, 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 we, we can be out of touch when we have our own oil, well-oiled machine, you know. We can be out of touch with what people really just need, you know. And I shared with you the story that when I walked in the other day with that guy out front, and that's part of I think what God's teaching me as well, you know. Another thing too is we get philosophies in our head, and we trust the philosophy so much that we're not in tune with the active voice of God in our life, telling them, telling you, go and say this to this person, or go encourage this person, or go go whatever correct this person in certain cases yeah. or bring the mm-hmm. subject up you know at this time or you know because we, we we trust something that we think works you know and the lord's not dude check the scriptures not about it dude he's been speaking to me about joshua joshua you know he goes out there and he's discouraged and doesn't think he's going to be able to do it and god tells him to walk around jericho right and he we know the story he walks around jericho and the walls fall then you fast forward and he's having all these victories right and at some point he goes to a place called ai and he falls, bro. Mm. He loses a bunch of men. And, and it turns out when you study the scripture that his sin was that he thought he knew he had it. Mm. Mm. He thought he knew the recipe. Now, that doesn't that doesn't discredit what God told him to do when God was giving him a recipe. But you can't get to a place where you trust a recipe over the Lord, right? You trust in the Lord who gave you the recipe. 
Uh, it was a really cool story I remember hearing a long time ago, and it always it's still I, I repeat it because it ministers to me just remembering it. You know, the story of a father and his two sons, and the father was a man of God, and the father knelt before the Lord, and the Lord said, "Climb up to this hill, and on this hill I'll speak to you, and every day we'll have a communion together, and I'll I'll let you know what you need to do." And so the father prayed and heard the Lord's voice, and he would go up every single day in the morning, and he would hear the voice of the Lord. And as his sons were growing, they said, Lord, what, uh, Father, what do you want from us? And he says, I just want to show you, I, I want you to always remember that I, it's the Lord. Do, do as I've done as I follow the Lord. And so then an accident happens and the father dies. And the two sons come together and they say, hey, we, we need to carry on what God's told us to do. You know, what, what, what our dad asked of us and, and the way dad's done things. And the, the both sons agree, we need to continue as dad taught us. So in that moment, one son starts to make his way up a hill and the other son gets on his knees, mm. right? See, so one of them has trusted the recipe that God had spoken to his father and every single day he goes up and tries to hear the voice of God of which he's not hearing nothing. The other son who gets on his knees hears from the Lord and then he goes out and the Lord says, meet me by the stream. Mm. By the stream, I'll speak to you. And so then the son's meeting up on the hill every single day, just like the way his father did. He's supposed to get angry at his brother. Hey, you're not doing what dad did. I don't know what you're doing over there, but you're not doing what dad did. Dad was here every single morning. But you got to ask yourself, which, which son is doing like his father did? And that's what happens to us when we see success in ministry. Mm. We see what somebody's done or we see we tell the stories of a great pastor and what he did and how he started something or whatever. And I'm not bashing that stuff because it's always a testament of what God did. That's a beautiful thing. And if there's anything we can learn from anybody, let us do that. The Bible says a wise man adds to his treasure, right? But let us be like those men who didn't have a recipe mm. and they got before the Lord and they said, Lord, what do you, what do you want me to do? Instead of following them as if they created a recipe, mm. right? Because the creator is the Lord, bro. Jesus showed us the way, bro. So I hear you, bro. Like, you know, a person critiques what someone says, Hey, encourage people. Well, we're not trying to puff people up. We're just trying to, you know, well, Hey dude, how about this? Like, how about all of us? We just get in tune with the voice of God and then mm. submit to that and not worry about what people are going to translate what we're doing. You know, like, oh, that guy over there, he's, you know, it's, uh, it's really something, bro. Like, I just want to say to you, bro, uh, I, I can't go back and be who I was or fix things I've done, but I want to say, bro, like, if I've ever misrepresented the Lord in any way, I apologize for that. And all I can do for certain is tell a person, if you if you if it's Jesus you have your eyes on and you follow the Lord, he won't let you down the way people do. Mm. Because um I certainly have let people down. I've I've let myself down, I've let my wife down, I've let I've let the Lord down. But the one thing that I continue to know is like, I know he loves me mm. and I know he loves everybody. And I know that those who have given their life to him, they will, they will reap mm. the, the awesomeness of his grace and his mercy and his love and his kindness, you know? And so, um, mm. let yeah. me ask you, Demetrius, do you find it a struggle as, or maybe not even a struggle, but do you find yourself in those times when you're, getting ready for a study when you're doing ministry where it, it feels like 
you're copying the method rather than just allowing the spirit to move? It's a good question, man. I just to be honest with you, I've always been very unorthodox, mm. uh, very, very much so. And you know, I, I took one Bible college class. I think you were in it with me, inductive Bible studies. Mm. Oh, uh, it's the big I one. Took one <laughs> I took one uh, class on Islam with Jay Smith. You guys know Jay Smith, mm-hmm. yeah. And and so those are the only two classes that I that I took. Um, and so I didn't have any formal education other than going to church six days a week and <laughs> just, you know, you know, YouTube and all this other stuff and just my own time on the word. So I'm still learning how to, you know, how, how to study. I found my own way of how, of what works with me at this point. Um, but so I don't really, I don't really stick to a method. Hmm. I've never really stuck to a method. That's not, not something that instilled itself in you to hmm. follow like a method or anything like that. Is what you're saying? No, I hated school growing up. You know, barely graduated. Went to two continuation schools. Said so I'll never go to school again. Took two Bible college classes, and that was it. <laughs> um, but you know, the Bible was the second book I ever read. Um, James and the Giant Peach was the first one. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I read it in one sitting. You know, I don't know why was interested but but then you get in the word of god and you know just just when you start to have your experiences like we've been talking about and the the holy spirit teaches you and you just have a passion for it Mm. you know you're talking about just the confrontation and this and that well that 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 stems out of the passion Mm. right you have a passion for some so you're willing to go to any extent to let that let that be known of how you feel inside your convictions be known Mm. so I've just always tried to, like when I would go out in the streets and evangelize, um, I call it freestyling, mm-hmm. right? Because you're, you're not giving a sermon, mm-hmm. right? At least you don't have like a three-point sermon or a message or whatever. You just go as the spirit flows. Mm-hmm. And so there's no method with that. Mm-hmm. You just got to get awkward. You got to pray for yeah, boldness. You don't know who, who's going to come in your mm-hmm. path. Don't know who's going to come in your yeah. path. You don't know what to expect. You know, there's rejection all over the place. And so I've kind of adopted the same thing with this. Um, and, and I'll be honest, you know, I mean, <laughs> one of the things, and I, and I want to be transparent with this because I think it's important, you know, mm-hmm. and it comes back to what I just said, you know, when you sit down with other guys that teach the word of God, it's almost as if they don't want to kind of like, can you be a fly on the wall in the room as you watch them study? Mm-hmm. I want to see how you really do it. Mm-hmm. What does that really look like? Mm-hmm. How much time are you really spend praying? Mm-hmm. Do you ever use a commentary? You know, cause you hear it's kind of like commentaries are looked down upon mm. like because the greatest commentary is the bible the holy spirit well of course it is right but how how, how do your studies really look like mm. that's what i want to know it's almost like all these and i would know because i mean I, i've never said hey can i be a fly on the wall in here but i just kind of get that vibe and i could be wrong but could i really sit behind one of these big guys mm. and really mm. watch how you do it let me see how that looks. How much time do you really spend on this, mm. right? Because it's easy to pick up a commentary and and start to get inspired, right, by by all that stuff. Mm. I use commentaries, uh, and they and they inspire me, mm. right? I get inspired to kind of bring forth my my, my version of that, right? And I add to it and subtract from it and all sure. that. Um, I don't want to get off track here. That's good, but um, I just feel like a lot of what I don't want to use the word a lot. But sometimes it's almost veiled, like you don't really, you know, don't 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 look down upon one person's method mm. or the way one unorthodox person mm. comes up with the finished product, because that's how that's how they understand. That's how they're able to learn. Yeah, that's how they know how to learn. Well, you know, and the scripture defends what you're saying in that the problem that the 
Pharisees had with, you know, Jesus' followers is they saw that they were uneducated. Yeah. You know, but but they also could wit- bear witness that they had been with the Lord, right? They're like, but these we but dude, what these dudes had, they they had something with Jesus, you know. And let me tell you something, bro. Like, kind of a sidestep subject, but on point with what you're saying, like. I've I, off subject against sorry, man. No, so, yeah, no, I no, no, I never, <laughs> I never, I never again want to look at a person and be like, hey, how are you doing that? No, you're doing it wrong. Like if he's if someone's doing something wrong, that that again back to that person belongs to the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And you and I think he's right now, and this is my I speak as a man, okay? I'm just not like, oh, the Lord showed me something. But I believe, dude, that we're in a time with what's happening with COVID. That he's about to embarrass people that think they got it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like you this next generation is gonna be surprised with who God raises up and what mm. God does. And you know what's funny, dude, is the people that are gonna be offended are the same people that w- were love to talk about how everybody was offended, how when mm-hmm. the way they did it first started, you know. Right. We must stay in tune with the Lord and what he's doing. And the, and celebrate what God is doing in other people's lives, right? You know, you just look and some unassuming person you saw, and you're like, okay, not really that style. And then they're killing it, and God's right. opening doors ahead of them. Like, humble yourself, you know. Just hey, that's awesome, dude. And and just let it, dude. And what, that's and what does the word say? Look at the fruit, right? Right. You know mm-hmm. them by their love. You know them by their fruit. I don't care how you get to the finished product. I mean, we can go, we can unpack that, right? right, like, right what does right, that mean, right? But how does a fruit look right. of the ministry? How does a fruit look? Are people engaging? Did people react? Because if they did, right, why are we so why are we so critical upon mm. one another? We should we can't keep doing that. Right. Right. If I'm not saying that the church is doing that universally, I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. but but it exists. Yeah, mm. and you're you're and it's you're, detrimental right. to, to, to someone's faith, yeah. especially if they're called to do something, man. Sure. You could you get discouraged. Yeah. You get discouraged. Yeah. That was like when a lot of people were slamming on the whosoever's for a while. I don't know if they still are, but a lot of people were slamming on the whosoever's. And I felt like the whosoever's had impacted me when I first became a Christian. And I was like, I was like, dude, like when I got saved, I was high. Like, so people are showing up to concerts high to a whosoever, like the Lord can grab them, you know? Right. And at the same token on the same, at the same time, there was somebody that someone was writing off for being corny. Mm. I'm like, oh, this corny guy over here, dude, you know? And right. and just like, I mean, what you're saying, I 100% agree with, but it's it, it, it's kind of cliche to recognize, oh, the outcast God's using or whatever. But what about the things that universally people mm. were writing off? Like, yeah. look at this cornball over here, dude, or nice haircut, buddy, or whatever, you know, just or whatever it is that everybody can agree. Yeah, that's kind of weird mm. lame. Dude, like, don't put nothing past the Lord, dude. And a person just submitted to God, you know, mm. and, and just, I, I've, well, again, dude, I mean, I'm only speaking from who am I, bro? Like, that's all I could say is like, at this point in my life, I, I got nothing but to just be thankful. Right. right. I mm. mean, he's been gracious to me and I have a beautiful daughter and I can provide for my family. And, right. and, and there's, there's gifts that he's given me aside from talents Right. There's gifts that are the Holy Spirit in the Bible says the call of God's irrevocable. Right. That's his promise. So you, anybody out there feels downstrod or or beat up or whatever. Hey, just humble yourself and just accept that as a truth, though. You know, God, 
God's not pulling away what he's going to do in your life, but just don't think, you know, how he's going to do that. You know? Yeah. Um, that's a lot of grace. I think for me, uh, there's a pastor at Calvary Chapel who, uh, was super gracious when I got, um, first saved. He basically was like, he knew about my past, uh, knew I was just fresh out of the world and was like, you could come sit in my ministry, dude, just sit. I was literally like the, the week that I got saved and I was like older. I was already, you know, well, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, and he let me go, dude. He broke like the, I think the Lord gave him discernment. Like, okay, this guy's ready. He just needs to sit. And he broke like the protocol of like, hey, six months, you got to be like sitting under the pastor, things that's got like that. But the Lord just spoke to him and was like, yeah, just let him sit. And so I was there in the leadership, just like sitting, dude. And God used that in my life. So now I'm very careful before I'm like, bro, you need to, you can't, yeah. you can't be involved with ministry. Recipes, bro. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very careful with that. Hmm. Interesting. I've kind of, I've come to come to the point too, where, and, and you have to watch out because you have to, you have to be careful with, because it can be dangerous when you mm -hmm. start thinking that I don't care what people think about me. I'm right. just going to step out and do what I want. That's not the right mentality to have, right? You need to, you need to make sure that you receive, right? The, the rebuke, the correction, the encouragement, all that, but you still have to come to the point where you say, I don't care what people think about what God's called me to do. Right. Keyword, what God's called me to do. Uh, I have my own style. I have my own way of doing it, right? We're all made differently. We all have a different presentation. God yeah. made us different. And so because it's, it's dangerous when you start thinking so much, I wonder how people view me. What are people's perception of me? Because then you start to think that you have to get approved by them right and that's the worst that's the worst state of mind because now you're in this competition with what 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 people's th what they think about you and, and what you believe that you're supposed to do sure so but you have to come to the point where you say i'm not going to let what man's opinions i'm not going to let what man thinks about me i have to step out and do it my way i'm going to fumble yeah. i'm going to mess mm -hmm. up I'm, i might i'm going to sound dumb sometimes mm. right i'm going to get off track I might even do it wrong mm -hmm. a couple of times, a few mm -hmm. times, right? Be open to what people have to say, but you just, you got to have that I don't care part, that, that mm -hmm. I don't care facet to sure. the equation. There's mm -hmm. something that you're saying right now that I think- uh, You could articulate it better. No, <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. I just, I what you have is is identical plants in, in completely different soil, right? So, So I don't care what people think about me rooted in pride is sin. Right. Like right. I, I don't care what nobody thinks about me. Right. Right. Pride. Right. Yeah. But but I don't care what people think about me rooted in humility is a completely different thing. Mm. Right. Yeah, like exactly. Like now you're talking about the motive of the heart, which is what God's really looking at. And that's what I, I'm the only reason I'm talking about that, bro, is because that's literally like the place that God's been showing me lately, because going back, God showed me like you can't be caring what people think about you. Yeah. So it's kind of like, wait a minute, though. I know that lesson. Like, oh, that's wrong. Like, people that like, I don't care what nobody thinks about me. That's pride, you know. And the Lord had to teach me. I'm like, Lord, let me let me sit down, let me digest this. Like, what's right, you know? It's like it's like knowledge, right? The Bible tells says that knowledge puffs up. Yeah. But then the Bible says he gains knowledge, right? Is that's a blessing, right? So so I'm like, okay, I'm not going to teach that until I sit on it with you, Lord, and help me. Like, help me understand is knowledge good or bad? And and what I what God taught me with that one is is um. 
there's difference between relationship knowledge and information knowledge. So you could read a book on George Washington and know and have a photographic memory and know every single fact about George Washington's life, right? But you don't know George Washington like his wife did. Hmm. She didn't know what coat he was wearing on when he gave this address. You do, but she knows him more than you right. do. That's hmm. relationship knowledge versus information knowledge. Hmm. Relationship knowledge with Jesus Christ, that's what we seek after. We hmm. spend time with him. We know who he is, right? But information knowledge puffs up. I read this book. I read this many thousands of books and I have photographic memory and let me break down to you the Olivet discourse or whatever, you know, and, and that stuff, the the wrong soil, bro, Mm. you know, knowledge growing in the right soil, knowledge growing in the wrong soil. And it turns out the same thing with not caring what people think about you. Right. Right. You know, like you, we've all seen it. We've maybe even experienced it. I don't care. Nobody thinks about me, bro. You know, it's like, but that's just, that's straight up planted in pride, bro. Like, yeah. I don't want to hear what you have to say. I know who I am. Only God could judge me, right. et cetera. But the other side of it is in humility, bro. Mm-hmm. When you're, you're just like, my brother Johnny said it, my favorite way, dude, he said to me, he's like, bro, when you start worrying so much about what people think about you, just know this truth, bro. Whatever they think about you that's wrong, it's probably not as bad as the stuff they don't know about you. <laughs> And he's like, oh. and all the stuff that they don't know about you, dude, if you were to tell them, they would think worse about you than they're thinking right now. Yeah. So why don't you just thank God mm. that he's covered you in his grace mm. and let people think what they think, dude. Right. And he told me that, bro. And it was like a breath of fresh air, bro. I was like, I'm going to run with that one, dude. Mm. Like, yeah, and, and we share that because there's, there's someone that's going to be watching, especially in a big church that is walking around and they're scared to step out in faith because... Uh, they're they're worried about what people are thinking about mm. them, you know. And how are you going to learn if you don't step out in faith? How, <laughs> how is someone going to, you know, learn how to worship or learn how to do this? Especially when there's already a lack of encouragement of people coming along. Mm. I mean, I'll just say this: I got one hug, you know, when, when I attended Golden Springs, and the whole time I was there, right, one hug from a, from a pastor the whole time I was there, and I was there six days a week. Mm. Now, I'm just I'm saying that to say this because that that. I'm beyond blessed to have been there mm. and that ministry has shaped me and will my whole walk. Mm. It was a uh, school of the hard knocks. Mm. You know, you just, you need to hear that, mm. that that needs to be your foundation that you can't, you can't live a life of sin and go to heaven, mm. right? The Holy spirit is going to lead you, but we need to do a better job with coming alongside and encouraging somebody, mm. building people up. If you see them doing good, let them know, right? Mm-hmm. Let yeah. them know. Don't wait till they hit the, the bottom. Lift lift them up before they get there. Give them the correction, right? Give them the rebuke, whatever it is, exactly as the Bible says to do. But you need to do that because you're going to wait till that person hits the ground, and then it might be too late. Not in the sense of God's not going to use them again, but but that experience that they had at that time, you you lost the chance to bring a brother up and allow him to keep on stepping in his and what he's called to do mm-hmm. and people get stuck in that fear mm-hmm. right and then they say uh, well i wonder what people are thinking about mm-hmm. me you can't worry about that yeah what is what is what has god called you to do pray for boldness surround mm-hmm. yourself with other other brothers sure. that you know that are going to be there with you and I, I just think that it's it's so important because there's a lot of people that feel called to do something maybe they're newer right they're waiting like you had an opportunity, this guy gave you a chance to come sit in the class, right? But that doesn't that doesn't happen all the time, right? You know, and because he, most people are self conscious and they're trying to make sure that they're holding up the way they're supposed to do things, or 
and you start to find that it's cancerous, us worrying about what people think about us. It's, it's, man, it's bad. It moves up, you know? Yeah. And uh, I mean, so, you've been in the Lord for how long? 15 years or so, more than that. Yeah. Yeah. And that still carries along. I mean, you're, you, you, as you shared, you still have those thoughts of what are people thinking mm -hmm. about me? And how, 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 how much that affects us? Mm -hmm. I know it's affected me. Yeah. Right. I'll speak for myself. It's affected me. Well, the funny thing about what we're sharing, though, is like in the midst of me feeling that way, there was people right next to me or below me, what have you, that felt that way about me. Like, what's he thinking about me right. or what? And and here was just a self-conscious person wondering right. what somebody's thinking. And, and that doesn't stop. And that's where earlier what I said about going back, like, you know, also the flip side of the coin is for me not to be critical on anybody that's yeah. in leadership. Because after all, like, we're, like, there isn't really shepherds. Like, we say that a lot, right? Where I'm a shepherd, I'm a shepherd, you know. But really, there's only one shepherd. Right. Right. And the reality is that we're all a bunch of it's a weird thing. You you know this now. Like it's a weird thing to be put on a platform that God put you on. Hmm. You know, you got all these people that are like, wow, you know, and they're they're trying to like articulate how you got there and like take notes in their minds. And you're like, I'm not really if you're honest, and this is what we're talking about. <laughs> if you're really honest, which is what we should do. That's what I that's what I propose from here forward for all <laughs> servants of the Lord, bro. Just be transparent. Like when when that moment comes up that you're about to say what you think is going to make you look like you're not the real thing, just say it if it's the truth, dude. Yeah. Just be well, like, that, that's what I, I would ask you that though is what is that what is that threshold of when you should be transparent and how transparent you should be? Because you know there's things that you shouldn't say, right? Right, and you say, man, why did I say that? Right. What what, what is that threshold mm -hmm. of transparency? Well, in your view, well, dude, I mean, uh, I, I'm, I'm carrying on in, in the tone that you set in that. What what do I know? Right. I mean, I'll say that up front. Like, I don't have that mastered. Right. With the exact. But I think I think what I'm learning and there, that's what I'll share. What I'm what I'm starting to kind of see is um, when we're less about ourselves, we end up talking a little bit less about ourselves. Hmm. And so then we don't have to really be too concerned that that we're saying or shouldn't or shouldn't have yet said or whatever, like mm. keep it a little simpler. And everything that we're saying is, is God's truth. And the, with that stuff, there is no boundary. Like just mm. say it, it's God's truth. But when it comes to being transparent, cause people want to know, people are curious. They, I want to know when I ask you questions, you want to know, you know, people that, Hey, I'm curious student. And that, um, I think as long as you can, blast only yourself right so there are things that i won't say to protect my wife or to protect other people right but if i can safely see that it's only me who'll be blasted here mm. it's all good dude like just just be transparent mm. and some people will later on say you probably shouldn't have said and maybe they're right dude maybe they're right if we're playing a tactical game of how to effectively do this stuff they're probably right it goes back to just not being perfect though right yeah bro mm -hmm. and and at the end that's you know so this. critical because we we already we already said that you're going to say things that you shouldn't have yeah. said <laughs> i probably said things here that i shouldn't have said right? <laughs> i mean why'd, yeah, you, but, why'd you say that no nah. but that's just that's part of stepping out of the shell stepping yeah. out of the fear if you get if you stay in that fear none of this would even be shared at all right mm -hmm. so at least step out of it and and let the Lord use you, even though you're going to, there's going to be some of you in it, right? Yeah. It's still you. For sure, bro. <laughs> I mean, because we don't graduate to the ultimate version of ourselves until we die, right? right? I mean, 
one day I'll be separated from this body of sin and this little pride. And I say I, I've been killed, but I'm not dead, dead. Yeah, that little yeah. guy, he shows up, bro. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> and uh, so that's something we fight with for the rest of our lives. I'm aware of that. You're aware of that. You know what I mean? But what we're, what we're, we're digging at, right, as, as just, just servants of God who are in the place where we're at right now, what we're digging at is, Lord, help us to be healthy mm. in the body. Yeah. You know, help us to be healthy with like the way we teach or the way. And dude, the Bible says, come together. Yeah. Iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah. Fellowship. This is what we're doing, dude. This is what our podcast is, bro. Like, yeah. beautiful. It, it, and that's that's what it's all about, bro. Like that's because nobody here is 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 got the stamp on their name that says the official, you know, advice as to what you should take, bro. <laughs> right. It doesn't work like that. It's it's it, because that's what's so cool when we bring people on is. There's people that are feeling that way. There's people feeling this way. There's, mm, yeah. you know, and, and when there's just honesty and you're not here to try to make a point, because that's clearly what you're saying. You're not, it's not like you came here with intention, like, look, I, I'm going to go there and I'm going to make this point. Like, you, you're just being transparent and yeah. honest. And so that causes the body, anybody that's listening to be like, hmm, I, fe I feel like that or I felt like that or, and the things that come up, you know, the the advice that you've given him or given me it's it's fruitful dude. a lot of that has to do with accountability i think um i kind of want to pick your brains who's the head pastor accountable to you know do we have like those people in our lives like i wonder who some of the head pastors of like big churches i'm like man like do they just like go and i'm sure they got their their circle you know of like guys who will keep them in check but i know for me personally it's like i've had to learn to be able to be humble myself and submit to my brothers in the Lord who God has given them an open door to share with me and be like, Hey, why don't you do this? And being humble enough to really be open-minded to be like, yeah, okay. I'm leading a church. However, I could be so wrong at times, you know, or accountable. And so we need to make ourselves accountable. I don't know if you guys have any ideas, like, I don't know about the value of accountability in your life. Oh, it's 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 just to be transparent. <laughs> yeah. Since we're, we're since we're talking about that, but you know, when you're when when you kind of find yourself as being a lone ranger, right? Especially when you say, because because what I've what I've kind of been saying is, you know, when you, when you find yourself in a big church and you already struggle with certain things, right? Whether it be anxiety, fear, doubts, insecurities, whatever it is, it's hard for you to step out and do what God's calling you to do. And so you find yourself now kind of alone doing what you know you feel called to do and where it's mm -hmm. fruitful. Mm -hmm. And now you find yourself not really accountable. You don't really have that corner of accountability like you should and like you need and like every believer needs. Mm. Um, so to kind of answer what you said in the beginning, you know, what, what are the lessons now? And that is one of them for me mm. is understanding that you better have accountability, man. Mm -hmm. You better make sure that you got a good corner of accountability, that you got good, uh, wise advisors in your corner that are going to tell you how it is. They're not going to be yes men, of course. Mm -hmm. And it is it is so it is so important because back to to kind of tie in what we've already said is a lot of times we think we already know how it should look, how it should be done, right? We think that we have all the answers, and what a what a prideful thing mm -hmm. to think, you know especially when you got other men around you that are a lot older, right? And and they say they they've been doing it for 30, 40, 50 years. What on earth makes you think that you're like this 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 beacon of of intelligence, mm -hmm. you know, at 30 years old or at 32 years old or whatever. 
Who told you that? Mm. These guys are, you know, you got 240 years. If you got six guys doing 40 years of ministry, you got 240 years of experience mm. right here as to oppose your 10 mm. or 11 or 12 or whatever. Yeah. And and so accountability is is absolutely vital. Mm. Um, right? Yeah. And the, the Bible says, you know, in the multitude of counselors are safety. But that's something I'm learning, though, because I'll be honest, you know, I think that I know things, mm. right? You have your success in the world and business and you know in sales. I won all kinds of sales awards at the gyms. I know how to I know how to do this. I, I can mm-hmm. get this done, right? And you feel like you got the strength and the energy to do it. And what a bad what a bad way of thinking. Mm. Right. The Lord has his way of, of, of dealing. Mm. Right. Um there I can't speak. I've wondered the same thing about certain pastors that are like up at the top, you know? Um, so I can't speak for them, but uh, for myself, God's been gracious to me as far as there being people in my life who still rebuke me, like, you know, Mm. and I think the only advice I could give on that subject, I not, not that I don't 100% agree. I 100% agree that the importance of accountability, but I mean, the only advice I could give, for a person to take with them as far as how to make sure they have that accountability is to check themselves from shying away from what seems like opposition. Mm. So like, mm. like sometimes you got your circle in your mind, you're like, these are my people. And then you, you, the odd man out that God brings in your life, you're like, I don't vibe with this dude. Like, I don't, you know, he doesn't get what I'm on. But remember when you're surrounded by the people who get what you're on only, then they're all parading what you what you what you are successful at and sometimes god puts a person in your life and challenges you not to shy away from that opposition because they represent a buffering a, a perspective that you don't have you know and so that's what there's there's a particular person that comes to mind he's he's one of my favorite people but there's been seasons in my life where i was like i i, I don't want to talk to him because I already know he's gonna start critiquing what I'm doing, asking me if I've been doing this or I'm doing it. And it's like my my flesh wants to just enjoy the the sanctuary of people that are already on tip with yeah. what I'm doing, you know. Rooting for you. Yeah. And so, you know, but the Lord's had to show me like, you're running. You're like, now it's not just like, oh no, I'm I'm just working with what goes. You're running from something that I put there. And, mm-hmm. and it takes me like surrendering to that. You sh- I'm sure you see this, you know, it's like the guy who's super big arms and shoulders and chest and he goes in the gym and like the first thing he wants to get is on the press or he wants to, you know, and you're looking at the dude and because you've been around so long, you're look, you're like, why is this guy like, he, skip that, bro. You already got that down. How come you're never doing this? And exactly because he's shying away from the opposition. He gets to shine, you know, in these areas. And so that's where he's going when true discipline is, is going in the place you don't shine, you know? And, uh, it's fun. It's ironic that I'm saying that because there I was asking God why he brought me to a construction site, you know, like mm-hmm. why, why God? And it's like, because, you know, this is what you don't have. You think mm-hmm. you, every, everybody and their mom, because you told them all what you do have, you know, mm-hmm. um, but this is what you don't have that you didn't even realize you don't have, you know, mm-hmm. something nitty gritty about work that you can't pretend that. It's kind of like gym, I guess. These people could talk or wear the shirt that makes them, you know, it's got the dark in certain spots to make them look perfect, right? But bottom line is you pick that thing up, bro. If you don't really have it, you don't really have it. And the same thing in the construction site. You could be tough. You could be, you know, strong, willful, whatever. And you get in these places, bro, and it will show what we have or don't have. And my brother Johnny 
gave me a quote recently, dude. I bring him up a lot. It's funny. Um, he he said, you know, toughness is truly tested in complete exhaustion. Mm. Like you could be like, dude, when you're on, when you are not exhausted at all, you powerhouse, dude. But once you get that, I'm talking about that deep fatigue, that like gasping don't got no more and then all of a sudden now you're going to try to like walk a certain way that makes you look tough or walk a certain do those things go out the window you're just you're you're at the end of yourself and and i've seen that shoveling next to an old man hmm. you know that's been shoveling his whole life and just shoveling next to his scrawny old man dude and he's just killing it and just having a conversation with me and i'm just <laughs> and that's just one avenue bro that is yeah. all the rest of them you know but uh, back fellowship detrimental 100 agree but encouragement to people is to um in the name of being in your own circle that people get you don't don't run away from those who challenge you you know yeah. mm-hmm. there's some solid people out there that are dweeby or corny or whatever and god's put them there you know mm-hmm. i'm just gonna say it transparent because we're since we're being transparent like i remember the first time i met rex you know and i was i judged him I judge him from his appearance. I'm like this guy, you know? But the truth is that man was quicker to confess about the, the the weaknesses and frailties than a lot of people I know. And God taught me something about that. You know, it's funny to watch people hide, hide things, hide things, you know. And I'm not saying I'm not pedestaling him in any in any direction. I don't really know Rex that well, but I know that God taught me something through that, you know. And there are many people that have been the same thing. You know, You re- we talked about this earlier. You read a person, and I, lately I've been obsessed with watching myself be wrong with what I thought. That's the best thing, bro. Like somebody comes in and they got it, and you thought they were like, you assume something, mm-hmm. you know, and that's cool how God does that, bro. I want him to do that more. I pray that the next generation of people that got raised up are the ones that people were like, not that guy. You know, that's that's be, almost the most humbling thing, man. That's so dope, bro. That's the most humbling thing, because you thought you had it. Yeah, you know, you thought you knew, and you said, then you find out, man, oh, man, no, I, dude. Was, I couldn't believe I was that off, and I was that confident. <laughs> <laughs> I was that confident with that? Okay, I'm not gonna do. But the wisdom tells you, yeah. don't do that again, yeah. right? So you could choose to be a fool in that matter now, or be wise and say, I'm not gonna think like that again, because I saw how off I was with that. Mm. But I love what you guys are doing yeah. here, man. This is, this is just, amazing. We we like to uh, wrap up our our uh, all of our podcasts with one question, and that is, we want to know how we can pray for you specifically, man. Pray that that uh, the balance with with what God's called me to do with my family, with the ministry, with the business, that I would be able that just that God would give me wisdom mm. of how to balance the three out, so that I wouldn't be too much in one and mm. not. And the other because that for me that is what i'm still discovering right now mm. what is the proper balance so 100 that would in a nutshell that would be it heck yeah right on you want to get this yeah i want to pray for him oh you get for sure cool. cool let's pray heavenly father thank you lord for this opportunity to sit down father and just talk about you talk about ministry and life father right now we want to lift up our brother demetrius to you I pray, Lord God, that you would just continue to bless him, anoint him, give him vision, Father, without boundaries. Father, just keep him, Father, from the, the 
snares of the enemy. I pray, Father, that if there's just spiritual attacks on him right now, you'd armor him up, that you'd send your angels out to fight before him. And Lord God, in this pursuit, Father, that he has, he's balancing his wife, his children, his job. I pray, Father, that you would just give him singleness of mind. Lord God, help him to be able to say no, Father, even when he doesn't want to. Help him to be able to say yes, Father, even when he doesn't want to. And Lord God, when you just give him discernment and all those things, Lord God, just the balance. I pray, Father, that you would open those big doors, Lord. May he be humble, Father, to find joy in the obedience of the little doors. Mm. And I pray, Father, that you would continue to, to bless the church out there in Pomona. Father, bring people alongside him to help him. Honest men, Father, who don't care to be in the limelight. And I pray, Father, that you just continue to, to increase him in all those areas in his life. And prepare him, Father, for where you're, where you're taking him. Father, we just, we thank you, Lord. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 That's a wrap. Yeah.